0: Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast.
1: Ever
2: work.
1: it's wednesday night you know what that means i'm for the mark Porter podcast
3: Aunt, you look like you're in your finest doing jobs
1: here uh i'm in person fair enough I hope that doesn't get me flagged somewhere else as promoting terrorism. Let me see. I was just telling, uh, just telling Ryan and Joe why we're not on Facebook. We'll let everybody else in too. It's not a fucking big deal. But, um, hi everybody. Mark, hey. live from the part of the Shining Wizards Network, and it's a full house tonight. Um, for for
3: most of it (laughs) for at least the beginning
1: (laughs) right now it's full house yeah
3: call me uh, dj tanner
1: i guess if you really want to be dj she's pushy as shit though so
3: if the shoe fits you know
1: guess uh so clearly kate's here
3: i am hi guys
1: welcome back it's only been a month and a half six years it's been, it's been
3: 84 years like Ooh, that meme. One
4: week since you looked at me. No.
3: Uh, <laughs> well, uh, it is the go home to Christmas, so I didn't want to miss that. And I heard about a very special segment that's going to be on the show. So, yes, uh, I I wasn't going to miss that. Are you kidding me?
1: So. uh <clears throat> You are correct. And by the way, uh, Ryan's here clearly. He already did one pun song. And then (laughs) Asian Joe is sitting quietly and patiently. You can
0: hear my discontent.
1: Yeah, it's coming through loud and clear.
3: Wait, Um, why aren't Aunt and Joe on opposite sides of the screen? It's freaking me out. Or no, Ryan's normally in the top left. What's happening? Everything's
1: backwards. I got us. I got us. Okay. it doesn't matter to me where I sit I'm here so I don't know do we have set spots
3: I yeah it really. usually goes it? Ryan you me Joe I think it's like, like I'm best. on the
1: bottom there you go that's the up. Yeah. there you yeah. go yeah. power, very, bottom. Very, very
3: power bottom power yeah. bottoms unite
1: that's where you generate all the power from the bottom
3: damn right Joe and I um, know what we're doing
1: so Ryan <laughs> uh For those who've maybe been following along last week uh we've been doing the continental classic standings before we get into dynamite because it starts the first week the next week um and we've been doing the sort of standings just to recap where we are starting the week out and it dawned on joe i think it was was it last week or the week before joe i can't remember i think it was last week
0: well it would have been two weeks because Ryan. Wasn't prepared last week. That's true. He's
1: a terrible student. Um, so Joe had the bright idea of at one point in time we did wrap rankings, it's true, and this would be the perfect time to bring that back. So Ryan did confirm he did his homework, and we will have some sort of performance of the rankings but you got to stick around till the the second half when we get into this week's start of uh week 4 of the Continental Classic. So Ryan, you have a little time. Thank
4: God you're time. giving me the break cuz I'm going to use the break to practice.
3: No pressure, but you do have to compete with brilliant lines such as Nyla Rose, she's a beast. She's coming to the Thanksgiving feast as uh an ode to to Maddie Raps. <clears throat>
1: Matty raps, juggalo mat. juggalo mat, uh, that's
3: right.
1: It, or maybe it's hoe I don't know, but it's Matt's a juggerho for sure.
3: Major, Major that's definitely
4: a jug Yeah.
1: Major ho. No doubt about um, it. So um Kate, welcome back. Hope everything's well. What is on your on your hat? Is that oh it's a,
3: just a Ruby Soho Beanie. <laughs> oh.
1: for a minute I thought it said Bubba Ray, and I was like, what?
3: Uh, no, hard pass would never. Um, but yeah, no, I was walking Daphne and then my hair was a mess. So I was like, guess what? Stay it on as I have been sick all week anyway. So my body temperature is just like <laughs> very. Yeah, fun. Um, so
1: yeah. Okay. Ruby Soho, Ryan in his Ruby usual Philly,
3: um,
1: And everything's good. Everybody's good.
3: No, I'm miserable, but I'm fine. (laughs) Okay. everybody Is everybody
1: everybody ready for Christmas? No. No. What do you have left to do?
3: I have a little bit of shopping. I have a lot of not wrapping like Ryan's going to do because he's a a legend. I don't want to even pretend. But I've been sick since like last Thursday. So I had all these plans for the weekend, and they just got shot to shit. I'm also the most- I'm such a fucking baby when I'm sick. Like, I'm just this little ball of illness and self-pity, and I just, like, won't even- I wasn't, like- wasn't anything insane. I wasn't throwing up or anything, but just, like, little sniffles Kate didn't really have any energy and was- just a, a sad sack so I just I just wallowed for like a good 72
0: hours sounds like a man cold
3: I was it was very much like how boys act that's where my, <laughs> my state was at I did um, what did I do the ROH show on Friday and that, I was gassed like that took everything I had I slept all day watched ROH um, and did that show and I was just out from then till basically Monday um so I missed like this whole weekend and I had all these plans but um so I I have to now compensate on this part of the week but I don't it's I don't, I don't have a I don't have kiddos or anything to worry about so it's a little easier for me
1: well uh you have wrapping you have some shopping
3: I do not, not terrible you still Never have of the time I do so you're fine
1: Ryan you gave a so-so sign. Well, I don't. My
4: shopping is done. I don't really shop much. Uh, I have to get out a little bit more money for the nieces and nephews, and then go buy a stack of cards to then put that money in to give to nieces nieces and nephews.
3: Stack of cards.
4: They've all graduated to cash.
3: Are they gambling?
4: No. You made it sound
3: like it was a deck of cards to me or something. A stack of cards sounds like...
4: No, like, you you, you can buy a packet of, like, 25 Christmas cards.
3: You don't even get individualized ones? No. Coward uncle. Have you seen
4: a kid open a card on Christmas? They they go, money, card.
3: I pictured you as one of those guys that gets one that's, like, nephew in cursive font, and then there's a really long poem.
4: No, what I did last year was, I, I... would write i did this to every <laughs> one of my nephews and i got a kick out of it i wrote to my favorite nephew and i wrote all their names and then i would circle who i was giving the card to
3: well well played well played
1: that is a good so,
0: one
4: no, i mean i just so I, i'm glad they all went to cash and it was beautiful
1: how many how many nieces and nephews are getting cash uh it's gonna end up probably being nine nine Dang. and what are we giving them a hundo apiece? piece come on rye three dollar bills
3: dang i was gonna
1: say make it make it make it rain ryan
3: are your sisters adopting anyone because i will (laughs) i have
5: to to do
4: six for monday and then the remaining three sometime over the next week or two whenever i see greg's kids
3: oh that that guy technically
1: i'm one of that guy's kids (laughs) so i expect uh Crisp hundred dollar bill in the mail.
3: I am one of those um, children.
1: <laughs> might as well round it out to ten.
3: I'm a girl my name starts with A. I'm basically one of Greg's kids. Give me money.
4: I'm sorry, you're you're a little old. They're they're gonna graduate out of it eventually.
3: <laughs> the only reason I leaned into that was so hard was because I got a text from Greg that said, Oh my god, Ryan's rapping tonight. Yes, he is. He is Greg. Oh, <laughs> he, oh he's at the chance. Got it. Yes, his girls. His
4: girls are all my nieces and nephews' list, so they they get it too. So I got. That's too many, though. I gotta.
3: Greg wishes he was one of his daughters. Dang, pony up that money for him.
4: (laughs) I listen. Let's be fair here. I give the cards out. I have no. I can't confirm whether they actually get the money or not. Greg could have hoarded it all.
1: I mean, that's not a bad plan.
3: Invest it.
1: Not a bad plan.
3: Put it in some bonds
1: um Hang break. what was i gonna say okay so you're you're in you're in good shape ryan uh joe how are you doing with your preparations
0: for the most part good all the gift buying and planning and plotting is done i still need to wrap them so i still have that process to do this week and then i was so far ahead for myself that like off topic, I went down this weird rabbit hole, like, I'm going to sign back up for, like, a weird dating app. So I went back on there just for for shits and giggles. Yeah. And I remembered why I haven't been on one for four years.
3: (laughs) Oh, I I was hoping you were going to fall in love with a girl who was from the big city and maybe home on a holiday, and you were going to remind her what the Christmas spirit was all about. If only. only.
0: But no, I, I realized that the for women it's always like you know oh why is the guy taking selfies in the gym with their shirts off or with a fish or with a dead deer you know it's like those kind of photos sure i've realized now that when i'm looking at all these pictures of girls on there is they all of them are like snapchat filters they all have antlers they all have like bunny ears they all have some kind of like thing over their face and this is why i'm not
1: in that pool anymore you're like I'm just be gonna, a
3: person I'm just i can die
1: alone it's fine i don't want to date a wood nymph like just be your regular be person. Person. You're be person you're not looking for a centaur and these are like you know people middle age people not like
0: you know my age range is age appropriate for myself so it's like, you know, right. people nerve that's
3: what's kind of weird because you're uh, not yeah, you're 40, not dating 40? like young 20s, which I feel no. like I didn't even I didn't know Snapchat was even something I still had until I received a Snapchat from someone the other day, and it was like, Hey, remember this? It's like not really.
1: I was yeah. out last night. You say it's Snapchat. We were out last night, we had to do some errands, and then we ran somewhere for dinner. Some and errands? we heard somebody say what?
3: Some errands? Some Greg errands? <laughs> no, no. I myself.
1: I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> uh But somebody, I overheard somebody say, "Yeah, he messaged. He messages me all the time on Snapchat." I was like, "What the fuck are we doing? We're still using Snapchat? That's amazing. People still use that."
3: That's also isn't that just for dick pics at this point?
1: I don't know. I don't is it just for. I don't even know if I have it on my phone anymore. I had it at one point and I didn't even really use it then. No, it's not even on my phone, but I just don't want to give up my name. So that's why I have it.
3: That's fair. And how are you on Christmas? Cause you got a kiddo. What are the big ticket items?
1: The weird thing is like preparation. Really- yeah, he doesn't really have a big ticket item. Like, he's not like I want a bike or I want whatever. Like, he just wanted a bunch of like little kind of stuff. So, I guess his big stuff is he wanted a couple of Nintendo games that we got him. Like, he wanted the new Mario. He wanted one of the Kirby games. So, like, that's the big stuff. But he's got a, a whole bunch of stuff, you know, that we got. And then, um, uh, we're hosting, um, Christmas. So we had to do, like, a food shop last night for that. But we're not. It's a No, no, no. That's Christmas Eve. My my, my mom does that. (laughs) But the the thing is, we realized, like, on Christmas Day, like, nobody really eats. Like, we've done it before where we've made, like, a shit ton of food. Like, pasta and meatballs and sausage and all that kind of shit. And, like, nobody eats. So this year we're doing, like, hors d'oeuvres all day and, like, snacks. So, so we are, um, we are on our way. Uh, we've got a few things left to buy. Like we did big bulk buys at like the BJ's wholesale and whatnot. And now we need a few other things. I have to prepare a couple dishes, but I just need my, uh, ingredients before I can prepare it. Yes, Kate.
3: Do you have pigs in a blanket?
1: there are pigs in a blanket, but we also have little smokies. So, um,
3: what's a little smoky,
1: It's just a cocktail Frank, but you can do them like in a crock pot. And it's basically just, a uh, a bottle of, uh, barbecue sauce, whatever type, and then a jar of grape jelly, you let it simmer and sit on the crock pot all day. It sounds weird, but they're fucking great. They're so good
3: pigs out of blankets.
1: They're out of blankets, but we do have pigs in blankets. That's good. So we have both. I think right now we have, um, we have the little smokies. We've got some of those like, um,
3: sounds like a wrapper. Little smokies.
1: It does. And they're (laughs) so, so it works. Um, we have, uh, those, we have, uh, like a bunch of like little quiches and like puff pastry type things. Little spanakopitas. Um, a spanakopitas, dick. Oh my God, Ryan! Um, I had to now, do the callback. Well, I, I enjoyed it. It's okay. Um, what else do we have? Gina's making sausage balls, which is basically like ground sausage and uh, <laughs> like Bisquick and cheese. Like, and they're delicious. <laughs> it's you the like laughter. her sausage
3: and her balls. <laughs> Yam, oh bags. yam bags
1: children um and then for the kids like gina has like we have like mozzarella sticks well i say for the kids but i'm gonna eat some yeah, mozzarella sticks, mac and cheese bites nice. toasted raviolis so all sorts of stuff and then charcuterie and and whatnot so and then i am preparing for dessert so i don't know if you guys know this friendlies used to make a jubilee roll And that was like came over Christmas. It's just like a a ice cream log and it's uh, vanilla. And then in the center is chocolate. And on top, there's just like two strips of uh, like, I guess, fudge with some like almonds, you know, on top. And then like a little strawberry sort of ice cream or something ribbon. And they discontinued it in 2021. And it was literally like the only thing we looked for on Christmas Eve for my mom to have. And like certain years she wouldn't have it. And we would be like fucking holidays ruined. No Jubilee roll. They actually discontinued it in 2021. I am homemaking it for Christmas.
3: (gasps) Ambitious, but I like it.
1: So I'm going to make, I have to make the ice cream making it. And then I got to What? I'd be home making it. You would be home making it.
3: If he didn't know the recipe, he'd have to call someone on the phone.
1: Get on the phone. I don't know. Oh, no.
3: I don't know how to make it.
1: I don't know how to make (laughs) it. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) But, yeah. So so I got to make that. But, yeah, we're in pretty good shape. All the shopping's done. I finished up stuff with Anthony to shop for today, and we're in good shape. So.
3: So it sounds like preparation-wise, you got preparation A through G nailed down.
1: It's just H. Yeah, it's uh, preparation, preparation H is, H is what i On the whole,
4: you just need preparation H.
3: That's it. That's
1: yeah. right. On the whole, I need preparation H, and especially for making the chocolate ice cream for the <laughs> um, for the jubilee roll. So. We're so mature. Uh, yeah. So, um. Oh, fuck. I had to. Oh, yeah. So um, just for anybody maybe wondering, because I was telling Kate these guys. uh, So okay. we're not on Facebook because I got flagged on Facebook. So um,
3: what happened? Right
4: wing conspiracies.
3: Yeah. Wasn't so somebody revising history?
1: I did share on my Facebook a... that got banned. It was his. I did, but I shared a link to some revisionist history blog that shell couldn't Remain affect any of my socials,
3: mm-hmm. gotta be on you. Mm-hmm.
1: So, no, I, sh- I, I had a picture uh from a movie, and it uh it was uh it was trading places, it was Dan Aykroyd as Santa Claus, and he had a gun, and he was like downtrodden. and They thought it was violent and possibly suicidal, so they flagged oh, no. my account and restricted me. And I was telling them they sent me a thing like, Hey, buddy, we're here for you. We care about you. Here's oh, ways you can get some help. I'm like, it is clearly not me. That is Dan Aykroyd from Trading Places.
3: Maybe you thought and you were Dan Another Aykroyd car. 20 years ago or something, you know?
1: My well, either way, they said you can appeal it. Um, and so I was like, Well, that's certainly something I'd like to do. Yeah. Um, because this is really all I use Facebook for. So I went to appeal it and there's no way to click a button to appeal so uh until january 8th i can't start phone calls join phone calls create meetings or do any of that stuff so because that santa
3: means, is santa.
1: <laughs> as santa with a handgun <laughs> i'll tell you what though x has no problem with it
3: no no elon he's bad. like give
1: it to you anything can anything goes So, yeah, so we're not on Facebook until uh, January 8th, and then uh, we'll be back. But um, until then, I guess, find us on YouTube. So that's why we're not on Facebook. Yes, Kate.
3: I have an unrelated question. Sure. Uh, Does baby A, because this picture came up on my phone the other day, know that his girlfriend's returned to AW programming, not to throw us into the wrestling world too soon, but.
1: He does. And we're certainly going to get there. Um, So yes, he, uh, I did make him aware of that and he got super excited. I showed him actually tonight at dinner. um, And he was like, it was their clip on social. uh, And then it showed like the match card for Saturday. And um, I was like, Hey, look at this. And he's like, who is that? And I was like, just watch, man. He's like, who is it? I was like, just watch. (laughs) He's like, is it Thunder Rosa? <laughs> like, Thunder Rosa, and he immediately turned around and was like, "Hey, Mom, Thunder Rosa!" So he's very excited. I, it. That I
3: believe it. it. I believe it. He was infatuated with her.
1: He still is. Aren't we all? It's he still is. So yeah, he's very excited. Um. So yeah. Um. So that's what's going on. That's why we're not on Facebook. And why don't we get thrust into the world of wrestling? This seems like a good spot. So, Kate, you had mentioned you saw Final Battle, 2023. Yes. Now we don't do a ton of, we really don't do any Ring of Honor here on this show, just because we don't have the goddamn time. But and, and, uh, let me let me explain. We cover Ring of, we put as much
4: time and attention into Ring of Honor as Tony Khan does.
3: It's getting better.
1: Well, listen, my joke still holds. I. Listen, I bring it up because one, we're just going to cover the results. And if anybody wants to say anything, I personally didn't get to see the show. I had to, I had something to do on Friday and then I planned to watch it. And then I haven't watched it yet because here's this for corporate synergy. I've been preparing, even though I think I was told not to prepare. I'm preparing for ROH revelry because I'm going to be a guest oh, yeah. on this episode with Milwaukee, Tom and a William Mercier jr so um so uh we're covering uh episode uh, maybe i don't know if i should be saying what we're covering i think they said it though so i don't care um tv it's a, epi- it's a mark
3: order podcast exclusive you can sure it
1: they did say i was a big money guest which is right um you are money and you're not big anymore you've lost too much weight to be big
5: eh,
1: it's my bank account that's big brother um right. I know, Joe, some guys, right? I saw you shaking your head. You're <laughs> like, man. That's no, a I, was funny of joke.
0: A joke. I was thinking of a joke in my head about capital gains. But <laughs> <laughs> like these capital gains. Ooh. Yeah, you have to tax those now.
1: Oh, man. Um, that
3: was the other picture that came up when we went to, Ca- what was it? Capital Collision.
1: The Cap- picture yeah. of
3: you and your brother and Matt all in the same <laughs> color. Hold on,
1: I didn't have the same shirt. I him, I, him and his what? His brother. My brother. You guys say brother on purpose? No.
3: Yeah, I did it as a silly.
4: Okay. Sure, sure, Kate.
3: I do. I say I brother, brother I thought, and mutter.
1: Well, his mother was a mutter.
3: Hello, mother.
1: His father was Hello, a mutter.
3: Hello, sister. Hello anyway. Father.
1: We're covering on RH Reverie. We're covering uh TV, uh, so it's a retrospective you know it's a look back we're covering TV from this week Ring of Honor episode uh, 118 which is an Adam Cole retrospective which is hilarious because they're just all fucking babies oh my
3: god yeah those
1: (laughs) yeah they're children and then we
3: are
1: are also covering uh, Final Battle 2013 which happened on December 14th of 2013 and again very hilarious. The first match of that night was Matt Hardy, who at the time was the self proclaimed icon Matt Hardy. Okay. That was his 12th match of his 12 match contract. And he fought Adam Page. And note, I did not say hangman, hangman Adam Page, because he was not hangman. He came out in some sort of trucker hat and he was just a baby just like the young bucks on that show just like Kevin Steen was on that show as well as Tom uh, Tommaso Champa. it is hilarious looking back and seeing what children they were um, also
3: really makes you realize how much NXT black and gold was ROH with the production budget like the same thing that AEW kind of did to New Japan yeah NXT black and gold really kind of did to to that era of roh it's incredible though like how many present day top of card talents in both major companies came through there like it's wild there
1: there were also a few moments in there i'm like for this to be happening and i don't i'm not i don't want to talk about it now because i want to talk about it on the show and you should really go listen to roh Revelry revelry when it comes out to hear my takes on it but there were certainly some things that i saw that i was like seems a little late to be doing some of the things that they're doing it just what i mean by that is in 2013 there were uh, three spots uh that i was just like this seems like it's past the time period to be doing that but you'll have to tune in and hear what i'm talking about you could probably if you know the card you can probably pick out like kyle k sparks is probably like oh yeah i know what he's talking about but like other people, they're probably like, eh, I don't know. So Is, uh,
4: you're you're pointing out Kyle K Sparks knowing what you're talking about as he's in the chat explaining what uh, Hangman does a year later after the mm-hmm. storyline you're talking about. Like also, yeah. hi Kyle, hi box. Gordon, hi JPJ, hi Scott. Yeah, I think I got them all.
1: Okay. Uh. So. Um. So we're going to cover Ring of Honor real quick, and then you can sign it. If anybody wants to call out anything specific, I have yet to watch it. I plan to watch it. I heard it was quite good, and I've seen the results anyway. So uh, Zero Hour was Taya Valkyrie defeating Jasmine Allure. The Von Erics defeated the Outrunners. Very cool to see the Von Erics getting some time. Uh, in the survival of the fittest qualifier, Bounty Hunter Brian Keith defeated Jack Cartwheel, so he got into the match later in the night. Um Daniel Garcia defeated Blake Christian. Um, and then we get into uh the card. Um so uh we had the triple A mega campeonato. uh Heo Del Vikingo defeated uh Black Taurus to retain the title. Uh Taurus. Brian Oh Torus, excuse me.
3: Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I just wanted to put some
1: no some stink on there. <laughs> um uh, the Ring of Honor six, um, uh, World Six Man Championship, Brian Cage, Bishop Conan, and To Leona defeated Shane Hayes, Bad Dude Tito, Tito, and Kosei Fujita to retain the titles. Ethan Page defeated Tony Neeson in an I Quit match. No surprise there. Uh, Nyla Rose defeated Vert Vixen. Uh, in the Ring of Honor World Television Championship Survival of the Fittest match, Kyle Fletcher outlasts Dalton Castle, Commander. Lee Moriarty, Lee Johnson, and Brian Keith to win the vacated title. That's the first gold for the Don Callis family. So that is that is maybe something to note. Um, Wheeler, Uta defeated Tom Lawler to retain the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Uh, Keith Lee defeated Shane Taylor uh, in a meet on meat hoss fight. Uh, in the fight to honor Jay Briscoe, Mark Briscoe and FTR defeated, uh, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, and Claudio Castagnoli. Well, actually it was a double count out. My apologies. Double count. I think technically, I don't Dusty,
3: know. Dusty finished into, yeah. uh, Danielson taking the pin from Mark.
1: Right. Um, in the fight without honor. Wait, what the fuck am I talking about? Sorry.
3: That match restarted as a fight. Yes. without yes, 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 yes. Sorry.
1: <laughs> That's why I'm getting all messed up. Uh, Proving ground match, Eddie Kingston defeated uh, Anthony Henry. Uh, So Anthony Henry doesn't get any future title shot. And then in the Ring of Honor uh, Women's World Championship, Athena defeated Billy Starks to retain the title. And I'd like to at least just ask. I mean, of course, you guys can talk about whatever you want here. But I would at least like to ask the thing that I feel like I've seen most people talking about, and it's Athena retaining against Billy Starks and the reason that I bring this up is because I feel like a lot of people are out there saying why did we leave it on Athena because we want to see Athena move on to sort of uh, do more stuff in AEW not because they don't like Athena or she's been doing bad Athena's been one of the bright spots
3: just in, in the bright spot yeah
1: right so it just to you guys who saw it did it feel like we're we're missing like we're missing the time to pull the trigger and get this off of Athena. Uh,
3: For, for me. Yes. Uh, Also just partly because the story with Billy Starks and Athena had been told beat by beat. So perfectly that this felt like the natural conclusion and the best way to put a bow on it. Now, since then they've announced, and I'm sure you'll cover this in news and notes, but there's going to be an ROH TV women's title too, which is pretty cool. So maybe there's something that they want to set up there where Billy has that instead. But it did feel like the time to pull the trigger here. Um, Two things that came to mind are, one, Billy Starks looked great. She looks ready. She is 19 and just graduated high school like five months ago. Like Maybe they just want to make sure she's ready for something that big. And two, I think we're seeing a lot of really good progress in the AEW women's division. And with as dominant as Athena's been, I wonder if there's a hesitation of we don't want to call her up when we don't necessarily have somewhere to put her or like a slot to immediately make things work. Because we saw two women's matches on Collision, which is great. And we're seeing a lot more story and development outside the title pictures, which is great. But when somebody's been as dominant and as well built and as on demand as she has, does it make more sense for her to keep the title and maybe have some sporadic appearances until you can build her up for a title picture? My assumption is in, in the AW Women's Division picture right now is you'll probably have Julia forming this badass House of Hearts thing and eventually dropping to Willow because there's that natural story there. Athena and Willow obviously have a great history for the title. Athena has now. Um, you could very easily put Athena into the world title picture against a Mariah May if that's what the handoff from Tony Storm is going to be or something like that. but with limited screen time and that roster really just like finally getting some love and attention and and some footing here, um, maybe they just want to make sure that she has the right thing to step into when they do pull the title off of her. So those were the only two things I thought, but it does feel, ill-fitting of the story especially because the note that they ended on was uh athena like accepted billy starks as her minion now like she proved that but we kind of already told that chapter of the story already um, right. with billy starks being on her side of things that's kind of how we got here so does ve- very much feel like a retread i don't know if there was like a, an audible called last minute or something athena was also in her hometown um you know Thunder Rose is back that could be a really fun Texas versus Texas challenger kind of thing you could do at some point but uh to me it did feel like a a misstep to the story they were telling but i don't think it's a misstep that it's like everything feels so ruined now so we'll see where it goes
1: yeah i hear what you're saying like it's not a disservice to anybody but you know it it just it it feels to me like when you know they were sort of getting ready to wrap up Ring of Honor uh, before TK bought it. And it was like, you know, Kate, we were there. We were like, this is Willow's time to take the title. And they didn't do it. Like, it seemed very much from what I've seen a great match, but it just seems like a lot of the chatter is like, man, pull the trigger, give it to Billy Starks. I hear what you're saying. And that is, you know, you bring up Thunder Rosa, like in that story, but that's the other thing I think that we have to keep in mind too, is that, there are a lot of, uh, as we like to say here, spoons in the porridge in the women's division with some of these stories, but also Thunder is just coming back into an already crowded picture. They brought in Mariah May, who we still have yet to see, but we're gearing up for an opening with her. Britt Baker's nowhere to be found. So uh, she's, I think, uh, uh, banged up a little bit or maybe helping with uh, Adam Cole. So at some point, she'll be back. At some point, Jamie Hayter will be back. They're not going to go to Ring of Honor, you know, so there are limited spots. And I think, you know, we've sort of talked about it before. Like, what can we do for the women? And people thought maybe we were going to get a women's show. We didn't get a women's show. But like, there's all this stuff like you, th- you would think they could do, like maybe a YouTube series uh, if they ever get a new deal anywhere. Um, You know, maybe put it on a streamer, right? Produce a show and just put it on a streamer. Like, I know it's not ideal, right? You don't want women having less time on television, and I don't. But if you need to give more place to tell a story, then give it its own show somewhere and get more of these women involved in stories and pull them through to TV, at least then you can figure out a way to move some of these stories on and off screen and keep people sort of moving through the system. I mean, I don't know what the perfect answer is, but
3: I really thought it would have been floating tag titles before we got an ROH women's TV title. Like that sure. just feels like such a logical thing, especially because we do have some tag stories going on right now. So having them, I've, I've said float across ROH and AW um sean thought of the idea of having them float across new japan strong because they they're in a similar boat where they do a lot of leasing of talent for new japan strong and they have some really cool stuff with women from cmll and um from stardom and all these places like having floating ones that can expand the brands especially because there does seem to be some sort of relationship with strong now based on the the continental title picture right Um, that, that would be a cool way to go about it. And and to me, that's the move I would have made not mad about a TV title though. Um, I think that'll open up some, some openings for women on the, the main roster who aren't doing a ton and can come back and give young and growing talent in, in the ROH picture, some, some reps. I think that could be a really fun opening to alleviate some of that.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, it does give more opportunity uh to the women when you sort of throw any sort of belt in. So um, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. Now for you know Joe or Ryan, I don't know uh who may have seen the show. Was there anything in particular? I guess Joe, you saw the show? I have not have not. Ryan, did you see the show? I saw the show and I was giving you eyes, man. I was giving you eyes. Okay. Well that's we
4: we, we skipped we skipped one of the biggest parts. What the return of Scorpio sky.
1: Well, that's true. Uh, and I was sort of throwing to you to say, do you want to speak about anything that you liked from the show? So why don't you talk a little bit about the return of score? Scorpio sky came out and I'm pretty
4: sure his song also starts with reach for the sky. So they really got to do something about that because though it's a different voice and different music, it is a little off putting at first to reach for the sky. You're like, who gets this? Anyway, he came out to sell, save ethan page who was being def, you know the um tony niece was being a dastardly character and, and cheating with his, his attorney and scorpio came and scorpio didn't attack niece he just took out mark sterling and mm-hmm. let ethan page win his match and that was a great match they, they you thought they were going to do the uh, the mankind rock spot where ethan page had his hands handcuffed behind his back and tony niece had the chair but ethan page Got free. It was, It was great. That match is must watch. The whole thing. Um, you see, uh, like JPJ in the chat saying feels like it was time to make Billy a superstar. Kate cover kind of covered this. It did feel like that. Um, I will say I I was Kate got there at the end, so I it, she kind of took it where I think it's they don't have something for Athena up on the main roster yet, and you're not gonna bring her up to do nothing after the run. She said you'd be better off just letting her be awesome in ROH than sure. sit around doing nothing on the main. So that's something they have to fix in general. But as of right now, we'll see. And maybe Billy makes a run for the TV. I don't want her to win it though. Uh, I I think there's other people. It would spread stories out if she didn't win it and someone else won the TV.
1: Okay. Well, like I said, it seemed like it it seemed like a a fun show. And um, if, had I not had somewhere to be on Friday, I definitely would have watched it these ring of honor pay-per-views they put on tend to be good shows like they tend to have good wrestling and tell good stories throughout the show so i wasn't doubting it but it 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 does always surprise me how many people are like i'm not gonna watch it like uh, i'm not gonna waste my time and it's just surprising because the, they've had a decent track record at least with their pay-per-views of them being entertaining shows they're not just now they're cheap
3: Yeah, this one was included in Honor Club, too, so that's, I think, very helpful. This one had some build going into it. I get why people have been frustrated in the past, because ROH just has really felt like AW Dark on steroids, but they did a a much better job over the past six weeks of clarifying some things. I don't like what they did with the pure title, just throwing it back on Wheeler as a default, Um, but I do feel like Wheeler's best matches are... His pure matches, the ones going into this were great. This match, though, I gotta say, like there was no part of me that was like, this guy can be Tom Lawler. Like, no part of me. Um, because Tom Lawler's just had probably 40 pounds of size on him and was right there with him technically. Um, just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal job by him in that. But the believability there it
4: was filthy.
3: Filthy is like the perfect word for him, though. Like legit. Um, because he is. Like it's because it, he's technical, but he's nasty. So it, it's just really, really good. I think the other outstanding things were Brian Keith's performance. Having him win on the zero hour to earn the six man spot was really interesting. My guess is he's going to get the graphic. I think maybe they want to use him in AEW, and that's the only reason they didn't put him on there, but. His, he did great. That that match in particular was a lot of fun, that Survival of the fittest match. I didn't think Kyle Fletcher was going to win it, but he's he's fantastic. Um, he did a Generico Brain Buster spot on the top turnbuckle that was super, super fun. Uh, the I Quit match, I don't like I Quit matches, but that, that one was really old school and well done. And Scorpio Sky coming back kind of compensated for a lot of the overbooking, in my opinion, but... I thought it was really really fun and i say it every week on thursdays like nigel and caprice just they are just yeah. butter to listen to i i kept putting over on twitter like ian kept saying athena's reign was like brian danielson's nigel mcginnis's samoa joe's i'm like that is what we want for women's wrestling commentary like we don't need jr being like she's on athletically built gap like so put Athena's reign in that same category is like, that's how you do it. Like Ian's just fantastic uh, as is Caprice. They added so, so much too. So really, really fun, way too dense of a card. Cause they were trying to keep the main event from competing with rampage, I think. Um,
5: yep.
3: And I, I'm not the biggest lucha gal in the world, but that uh, Taurus Vikingo match was awesome. Cause Taurus beat the hell out of Vikingo. So it was really, 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 really fun. And of course, I, I love TMDK. So that 6-man was really fun. Bad Dude Tito especially showed out. I love Shane Hayes. Fujita is like a future New Japan all-star. My God, he's unbelievable. So really, really fun and well-sequenced card considering it was like 14 matches or some shit.
4: I do want to say something. Kate was pointing out the uh, the announcing and then she pointed out the Lucha match. There was a, there was a point in the match where vikingo like was trying to do like a jump to the outside and he botched it once and then he ran back and he botched it again but the second time ian did something I've, that was so clever he goes oh look he's trying to fake him out this time so that when he went back and did it a third time it seemed like well the, only the one was a botch the other was a was a fake was a out. So I, I give ian credit for trying to put logic behind it i also wanted to say the 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 multi what was it called the the iron whatever match was the survival the of the fitness match? match? Survival of the fittest match. Um, they did that really well. First of all, Dalton Castle was the most over-wrestler in that entire match, in that entire night. Even over Brian Keith, who was in his home. Like Dalton Castle got such a pop. They need to do more with him. But his story is him losing, so him losing was actually okay. Um, they did a smart thing of having Lee Moriarty eliminate him and Brian Keith, so to keep Liam, Lee Moriarty hot and, and developing, he didn't eventually win, but it was just a nice way to like Try to give the rub to a couple different peop- people.
3: Yeah, really well produced. Really well agented.
1: And and Ryan, you brought up that spot with Vikingo. Uh, I wanted to ask about it because I did see that making its way around, <clears throat> you know, the web. And I wanted to ask. I mean, you try it once. It doesn't happen. You go for it again. It doesn't happen. In your opinion, you have to bail on it at that point, right? Like move on. It looked awful.
3: It did look stupid. I don't think I don't think lucha enthusiasts give a shit about that stuff. Um and if that's your honest to god takeaway from the match, you're an idiot. Like that's how I feel. Like if if you watch that match and that's what you're fixated on, like, that match is one of the coolest Lucha matches I've ever seen because it felt like such a different story than the rest of it. Um, so, no, it, it makes no psychological sense. No, I, I don't think you should go for it a third time. But I don't think, because of the style of Lucha being, what is it that Chris Hero said? the The marriage of pageantry and acrobatics. Like, I don't think Lucha fans sit there and are like, uh, it's not believable. Like 90% of the shit they do isn't believable <laughs> in right. Lucha's stuff. It's not believable that human beings can pull off half the shit that they do. So uh, I i think the mountain out of a molehill that got made out of that spot is just like um, putting a magnifying glass over the one thing that wasn't incredible about it. Like it's a its a very different type of match than a lot of Lucha matches that I've seen in that um there was a real story of how much Vikingo was getting punished for all of his acrobatic attempts. And I I just thought it was really cool because we don't see other than Penta, like on on American television, I don't feel like we see a whole lot of like hard hitting luchadors the same way. Like he bases like Gringo Loco or whoever, like very, very, very interesting match. And Vikingo, I think is um, one of the, for, for me, for the styles that I like of things, like one of the more kind of psychologically sound uh, luchadors at, at putting things together. So an unfortunate spot, but an awesome match.
1: Well, it is on the Honor Club. If uh, you have Honor Club and didn't get to see it, that's going to be me. I got to go watch it um, after I do Ring of Honor Revelry. I think what it's going to drop Saturday. But we're recording tomorrow, so that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. um all right let's move on real quick because if you weren't watching ring of honor revelry or ring of honor Revel, if you weren't watching fucking final battle um uh, maybe you were watching rampage because it was on and it's 10 o'clock time slot um so we had orange cassidy and the von erics defeat daddy magic jake hager and angelo parker interesting the von erics were able to be in two places on the same night i guess they had to Travel accommodations between the two shows. That's all. They
3: did. They bugs oh. bunny that.
1: That's right. Um, let's see. We had Kyle Fletcher and Powerhouse Hobbs defeat Hunter Gray and Paul Titan. Also interesting. Oh.
3: Who was I'm it? sorry. It was Fletcher and
1: Powerhouse. Hobbs. Powerhouse, Hobbs. Uh, also interesting though that Kyle Fletcher was able to find time to tag as well as focus on. The match he had a final battle
3: he's just a gifted kid
1: he is um uh, anna j defeated red velvet and action andretti and top top flight defeated vikingo commander and penta also great to see uh, vikingo able to have his travel accommodations taken care of to get him between his two shows so, um, that
3: six man was so much fun. That was yeah. a ridiculous trio's match.
1: It is just, it is just weird though. I don't know how they can pre tape this and know what your card's going to be for the pay per view and then have them on both shows. It's just weird to me.
3: It, it is to do so with three different talents is like a little much.
1: Like one, especially one... when
3: neither of them are trios champions, like, so Correct. really don't have to do that. <laughs>
1: Correct. I mean, it's like, we've seen it before, like one guy, right? Like, and that makes, you know, that would make some of the sheets as like a ha Like, Oh, he magically was between two States in a matter I mean, of, rooted
3: Apple. it. Right. Like, yeah. Isn't that
1: the... yeah. Um, but three seemed like a little excessive to me. Um, just you know again sort of wish like in, in a
3: oh, one hour show on the one side
1: <laughs> right uh let's just try to fake it you know what i mean like pretend like they're not happening you know taped with days between them
3: that's all i at, at least have fun with it like give them all mustaches on one show and then not on the other <laughs> Right, that would be fun
1: right exactly
3: <laughs>
4: um so we we'll yeah, see them know. running to the ring like they're trying to get there in a hurry.
1: Right. Oh my god. Right. Wait. Oh god. Um I don't know if anybody uh, Kate, you mentioned the six man, that was a lot of fun. Um Ryan or Joe anything you guys want to call out about this? No. Okay. We don't need to dig into it. Just covering it to cover it and then We had the winner's coming edition of Collision on Saturday night. Uh, We'll cover this a little bit because this does go into uh, our Continental Classic, right? Because we had uh, Blue League matches that took place. So we had Claudio Casagnoli versus Andrade El in a Continental Classic Blue match. Uh, And uh, Claudio wins by pinfall to get three points. So now uh, he'll have six. Andrade will have uh, nine um we have abaddon versus jasmine allure abaddon defeats allure and then post-match lights go out julia hart's in the ring sky blue comes down looks like her and abaddon are on the same side but then sky blue turns and starts to attack abaddon which gets thunder rosa to come out you know from the the announce table uh and uh help out abaddon so they do make mention. It's the first time that um thunder rose has been in a ring on television since october of 2022 so well over a year at this point that we've seen thunder rose in a ring and they did make it official she's going to get back in the ring for the first time in well over a year saturday night so she's going to sneak in right before the wire and get at least one match in 2023 um we also had orange cassidy versus brian Keith for an international championship. Orange Cassidy defeated Brian Keith via pinball to retain, um, Chris Statt and Willow Nightingale versus Mercedes Martinez and Diamante in a Texas street fight. Uh, Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale defeated Mercedes and Diamante. Um, uh, that match was a lot of fun. We'll, we'll sort of get into some of these after the uh, results, Brian Cage defeats, uh, higher right um eddie kingston versus daniel garcia in a continental classic blue league match there were stakes here because if uh kingston lost he was mathematically defeated at this point garcia is Uh, but eddie kingston does win by pinfall to get three points so now he's got six garcia is still looking for a win here uh and then we get into the main event of the evening it's brian danielson versus brody king uh, a six versus six in our final continental blue league match. Uh, and Brian Danielson wins by pinfall to get three points. So he'll have nine. Uh, and um, Brody King is, you know, they're sort of tied with the rest of the field now. Uh, so it's a close, uh, a close grouping in the blue league, but that's the end of the show. Uh, so a couple things I wanted to at least bring up to the group. Uh, one, it is uh, really nice to know that people are listening. People within AEW Creative are listening to what we're saying. Us here specifically. Because we've said it. I feel like we've said it how many weeks now? Like, what the fuck is happening with Sky Blue? Is she heel? Is she face? She's supposed to be heel, but she's wearing Scooby-Doo gear. Like, can we make a fucking decision? Looks like they made a decision, right? Like, it looks like she's going to be a heel, Hopefully. Um, but I was sort of happy to see her go one way. I don't know how you guys felt about that.
3: Yeah, it's about time. It feels like every angle involving Julia Hart takes forever to get to. Um, but it it is good to to see. Um, she has a very different look about her just in general from in the segment. Like she just didn't look as as um she didn't look like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed baby face and she also didn't look like that turned evil she just looked kind of like a a little bit more refreshed of an image which was good um but i i also just this was a, a near perfect episode of television like i i really 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 thought this collision was very strong and for the c2 stuff and i'm i'm glad that we're unwrapping here because uh I love how different both sides of the brackets feel like blue league it feels like it's anybody's game right now points wise and then on the other side we found out tonight we have this triple threat but it felt like it's gonna be swerver mocks it's gonna be swerver mocks and I think it's still gonna be swerver mocks but like the the difference in what they've done with both sides of the bracket, I feel like is a really, really refreshing approach. And that's how I I think round robin tournaments are done best. Like you want that in the, the blocks of the G one too, where each block doesn't feel like they're doing the same thing four times over. Um, So I I just applaud them on that because the first time out of the gate, like to, to nail that aspect of it is pretty damn cool. They're, They're doing a great job.
1: Yeah, they've been doing a really good job with it. Um, the other thing, too, is I I thought the Orange Cassidy-Brian Keith match was awesome. Uh, really nice showing for Brian Keith on television. Um, and then uh, that street fight was fucking awesome. Um, I love it when they let the women do the same stuff that they let the guys do. Because there shouldn't be a difference. Uh, the attacks were great. The um, um the whole uh I lost my words, ring gear sort of uh attire that they had with the briefcase coming out to look like reservoir dogs was really fantastic. Um and you know, it, it was a hell of a street fight. Uh I, I I don't know I don't I feel like we've seen these matches. With women but none of them have been that great and this felt like the next sort of really good one so i thought you know it was pretty good showing from the women in this match
3: well i felt like the one with um bunny and penelope was great it just had that really unfortunate spot where willow missed the table so that kind of overshadowed it but yes and to see two women's matches on collision was really refreshing
1: yeah and advancing stories you know like it's not just a thrown together match. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then like you said, Kate, the continental classic matches were just, you know, good. Um, and I think something I saw, we don't, we don't talk a ton of ratings here because who the fuck cares, but I believe that I did see something that said, uh, they fared fairly well on a Saturday night, especially competing with football, um, uh, at this time of year. So, um, you know, it's weird to see sort of where their ebb and flow is on a Saturday night, especially because it's like, sometimes there are sports on and they do shit. And then other times there are sports on and they fare fairly well. So it's just weird to see like what they've tried with different formulas and like match cards. And it seems like they sort of keep putting out these high quality cards and some weeks it hits some weeks. It doesn't, it's just an odd time. I guess it's Saturday night. It's hard to Hard and the figure. women's
3: matches drew really well, too. So it's almost like if you tell consistent stories, That's right. people want to tune in to see them.
1: That is right. Um, Joe or Ryan, anything you want to call out here?
4: I think we've discovered that the mist takes a really long time to work. Because if you remember, they dragged Julia's on forever, too. And then she kind of came out of nowhere when we thought it was over. So my whole discovery is that we think the mist is like this long, short-term turnaround, but really you get a short-term reaction where they get a little bit darker and then we think nothing and then they go evil. So we got to remember that if it's going to work, it takes its time.
1: It's a slow burn.
4: It's a very slow
1: burn. Slow burn. Anybody surprised at the fact that um, Claudio beat Andrade? Or, uh, no,
4: not the way they're doing this tournament. They're being really good about spreading out wins and and losses, uh, as we'll uh, see tonight. Like they're they're trying to give everyone except for the guys who aren't getting any wins. They're trying to give them everyone a little bit of a shine. I do want to acknowledge that people should start acknowledging how great Diamante is. I'm just going to always. No, you're right. Absolutely. She rules.
1: She
0: rules. Joe, anything you want to add? Other than I was really worried that Willow was going to concuss herself on that powerbomb spot on the table. It looked like she, they kind of missed the table a little bit, but hopefully nothing happened out of that.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. But, I mean, I'll say this. This street fight definitely was, it seemed more dangerous. What was the other street fight we got, Joe? We were talking about it uh, with the men where they had like the hot dog cart Oh, the, the Nashville street fight, the Nashville, whatever it was. Yeah. Something like that. The Kansas City street fight. It was just like, okay, we're going to have parking cones and a hot dog vendor. I don't know. It just seemed really weird. I guess Texas is more dangerous. That's where they have all the death matches. That's
3: right. It's true. That's true.
1: Well, it was, uh, quite a weekend of action in the AEW realm and it carried into tonight because tonight was holiday bash for dynamite. So we've been going for about an hour. This is a pretty good point. I think we should take a pause. Ryan has to rehearse because tonight was the new start for the continental classic it's week four of the continental classic. We're going to cover where we stand before the night starts. Ryan has promised to perform something, whether it be a rap, whether it be a butt rock ballad, who knows? Ryan is going to perform he might something. He know. I don't know if he does. He just has the standings. That's all that we know. Um, so uh if you're watching, stay tuned because it should be interesting. I I shit you not, none of us know what Ryan has planned. We all just know <laughs> that he has the rankings in his hands. So (laughs) ready prepared. Okay. Uh, So uh, we're going to step aside, grab a drink, you know, Ryan's going to rehearse, but you guys, why don't you hear some of the, some words from the other shows that are part of the wonderful shining wizards
5: network. Thank each and every one of you for tuning in every Monday night to listen to The Shining Wizards. If you'd like to continue to support us outside of listening, we've got a few ways for you to do that. If you shop at Amazon, go over to amazon.shiningwizards.com, do your shopping as usual, and when you make your purchase, a little bit of that purchase price will go back to support the show. If you like to wear t-shirts, merch.shiningwizards.com will take you to our Pro t store where we've got over a dozen great designs from over 11 years of professional wrestling podcasting. You can become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash wizardspodcast where each and every week we call out your name as one of our show producers and the more you support us the more things that you're entitled to receive and believe me they are fantastic if you can't support us monetarily if you don't shop at Amazon that's absolutely fine continue to listen to us wherever you listen to us on the world wide web and make sure you like rate, review, subscribe do all that good stuff doesn't cost you anything helps us out and we can continue to bring you the love fest that is The Shining Wizards
2: If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 60 years now, Radioactive is longest running podcast. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron... For the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Well, the action is underway! What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada if we're not recording another kick-ass podcast
5: or
0: playing in punk fans.
2: or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums then we're sitting back we're grabbing a couple brews and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling because we're from
5: winnipeg you idiots
3: the mark order podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything aew on the shining wizards network Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we
2: will
5: find you. I'm Kevin Roach. I'm Al Day. And we're a couple of down-under-pounders that co-host Rob Day Dots, an action figure collecting podcast where we talk about, well, just about anything that tickles our fancy at any given moment. We're grumpy old men, and sometimes people get on our nerves, and when you get on our nerves, guess what? You get off the lawn.
2: Get off my lawn, asshole!
5: We also go on a little bit of a mission. We go back and we're grading everything wrestling figure line that's out there i'm talking LJMs, i'm talking jacks i'm talking hasbro's who doesn't like a little hulk complex
2: it's a gorilla brain wrestling podcast production found on the shining wizards network i'm duke bags kevin roe and together we are the co-hosts of your duke road you want to hear about some terrible wrestling shows? We got you covered. Well, we talk about good ones too. We're Currently talking about the death
5: stuff. The... I know what we're fucking talking about. Sometimes we get uh, guest spots, like from the Taskmaster. I like to uh, I like to listen to the Year of Duke and Rope podcast. They're uh, funny guys. That uh, I like when they I like when they talk about the the, the Nard's plows. I like Nard's plows. That's uh, that's a good move. And uh, I like the Dungeon of Doom. You know, sometimes, sometimes I I call my butt the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks, guys. Oklahoma. Let me tell you a little bit about my favorite wrestling podcast. All right. It's a podcast with two men. Two men, Duke Banks, Kevin Rowe. They talk about professional wrestling. It's a man's sport. All right. And who better to talk about a man's sport than Duke?
2: Oklahoma. Once in a while Vince Russo's time's file.
5: Bro, you piece of shit! If you're not listening to the Your Duke and Rome podcast in the back with the boys, you piece of shit, I don't know what you're doing. It's uh, you gotta slide one in there? If you're a man, if you're a man, you're talking about something only a man can do. You're talking about sliding one in there. Bro, take the time to slide one in there. Alright, bro, you piece of shit. Slide one in there. A Gorilla Brain Wrestling podcast production that you can find on the Shining Wizards Network.
1: All right. We are, well, we're all sort of back here on the Mark Order podcast, part of the Shining Wizards Network. Uh, And we are going to have Ryan come in momentarily. Ryan, if you're there, don't come in just yet. Uh, But before we get into uh ryan who will get into the rankings for the continental classic i do want to just take care of two pieces of business one follow us on our socials at mark order pod x uh instagram TikTok, facebook um follow us all over the place at mark order pod make sure you especially go over to our youtube and subscribe there if you could it helps us greatly we are trying to get up to 500 that's sort of our next benchmark hi jesse ozog what perfect timing uh good to see you all of us here are waving even ryan who's not on camera um So, uh, make sure you follow us on YouTube, subscribe, you know, like rate review, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we're trying to get to 500 subscriptions. That's our next.
3: It's, it's actually YouTube.
1: Oh, YouTube.
3: Yeah. I didn't mean to, I don't mean to be like, no picking nits or anything, but I I believe it's YouTube.
1: We'll go over to the YouTube and, um, and, uh, subscribe because, uh, don't forget, uh, we can't say exactly what the prize is because somebody will dispute it, but, uh, 500 gets something very special.
3: Talk Euler, I'm so glad you're here. Cause you did hear. Correct. Ryan is about to rap.
1: Uh, well doc, um, we say Ryan's about to rap, but we don't really know. Okay. So let's reset for all the people who just joined because we did have a bunch of people join us. Uh, clearly this is something people have been waiting for. So we've been covering the rankings for the continental classic. Uh, each week before we get to Dynamite because this is the start of the new week. So we have the standings uh, and all the points from our week four results. I think I said we were starting week four, my bad. Week four ended on Saturday night, so we started week five today. Ryan told us he would prepare and perform something for us tonight here to get us through the week four results and points rankings or maybe just the point rankings so i'd like to welcome without further ado ryan back onto the screen welcome
3: i can only assume this is going to be in in the style of Thank big Willie style
1: uh
4: well wild, i mean wild it, west yeah exactly closer to wild wild west not closer it is i you know when i looked for inspiration i said to myself what is the greatest song of our age west okay so a couple caveats that i need to do i i have all the order okay i don't there's two things one i don't say the points because didn't fit in my flow okay i am going name order within the song so as i go down that's their ranking the song did not allow for a natural break into, and now we're going to the blue division. So just know when I start with Andrade, we're
1: right into the blue lot division.
3: Of, I'm hearing a lot of excuses. I don't know what you There's guys no are. No excuse, hearing, trust me.
1: It sounds like you only did half of the assignment.
3: No, no. You're
1: just.
4: I got us into the goddamn chorus. So no, I didn't do half of the assignment.
3: Oh, okay. And just you're not mentioning the points. It feels so cool. then. Yes.
1: Well, you know what? You know what, Kate. Let's reserve judgment until after he actually completes the task. It's
3: like a pyramid for the judges.
1: And then and, and it, what we'll do what we'll do is we will fill in all the the gaps. I can't call them anything else because Ryan clearly told us there are going to be a bunch of gaps. We'll fill those in after the, the rest.
4: Just the points. But
1: there's there's you'll a lot know the
4: order. In. There's a you'll lot you'll know in. the order.
1: Uh Ryan, uh on your cue, because we don't have music that is uh license free so i i'm assuming acapella yes and
4: one last caveat if anyone has ever watched the, the wild wild west video no no this is a good caveat uh you'll notice that he likes to use his hands and move around a lot oh god i feel in the spirit i must do the same so be prepared
1: okay well without further ado i'd like to um should i be like full screen? over to uh i'm taking care of that don't you worry i'll take care Tell of me, it. me when you're ready i'm ready uh, uh, ryan let me take my sip Take your. Oh, boy. I'm a diva. Ryan's taking his sip, final sip of water before he gets into it. We're gonna uh, grade
0: him after this, right? We're gonna rate like give him a letter grade or one out of five.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. You're yes. the best
0: or worst thing I've ever done. I'm prepared.
1: Yes, uh, yeah. all right, Ryan, uh, take it away, please. Wiki
4: wow, wiki wow, wiki wiki wow, 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 mox, John Moxley, desperado. Uses a rough rider. No, you don't want nada. None of this. Six gun in this. We thought Swerve was running this. Pulled up his shoulder. Look, it's like I told you. Any switchblade that's in distress. Be out of that mess when he beats the rest. Rough neck, so go check with Ruchinella. file. Lethal and Briscoe got two holes on the side. Swallow your pride. Don't make Andrade react. You don't want to see your face where Danielson's foot be at. But Brody King from the start of this run of the game. And he takes it in the blue, so remember the name. Who you gonna call? Not Maybe Claudio Castanoli. Who you gonna call? I'll be Daniel G. If you have a roof with any one of us, break out before you get bummered. At the Continental Classic. When I roll into the Continental Classic. When I stroll into the Continental Classic. When I bounce into the Continental Classic. We're going straight through the Continental Classic. Continental Classic, Continental Classic. We're going straight through the continental
3: classic continental classic yeah i only regret that we didn't start it four minutes earlier so when the people that were watching the fightful show came over to this it wasn't like perfectly timed at the beginning of it
1: well i i I'm going to pass it to Kate first, because I have to gather my thoughts.
3: <clears throat> I the enthusiasm was off the charts. I gi- I give you that anyway, I'm
4: treating this like American Idol. So be, be, be
3: okay. Um, I appreciate the performance. Obviously, the costuming is an 11 out of 10. Um, incredible synergy with your background there. Where here, here's where it's a no for me, dog. Uh, I don't feel like I know who's leading the Continental Classic really at the end of it. I think the the John missing Moxley points. First. John Moxley, yeah, but the the other side of the bracket is so open that I I don't feel like I got like a, a Andrade, good sense.
4: Danielson, Brody King, Eddie Kingston, Claudio, and Daniel. I went in order.
3: I'm I feel sorry, like
1: you, you had your turn, Ryan. You have to take this criticism
3: yeah i just when i'm thinking about who i'm giving the golden ticket to i feel like it was a really crucial element to the rap uh that we have the points in there because it just felt like you were more running through the roster of who is participating um so while i applaud your enthusiasm and while it was probably better than anything i ever wrapped but we we're doing the traditional rankings wraps uh, i was also freestyling um because i have a gift uh I, I applaud you for that, but it, it's a no for me, dog. I'm sorry. I, I can't send you to Hollywood based off of, I, I just feel like I needed the points in there, dog, 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 dog.
1: Okay. Um, Joe, would you like to go next? Sure. Um,
0: thank you for offering your words. Uh, we appreciate them for entertainment value and I also second the fact that I kind of got a little bit lost in what we were doing since there was no mention of points. It sounded like, you know, diarrhea of the mouth. you spewing words out. Um, I appreciate the cadence. A little pitchy here and there, but... Um, you tried, and that's all you can ask for. And, you know, you took that that brave step to try. And I think if you go home keep practicing refine your skills i think next year you can come back on and try again or next week and uh you know maybe maybe then we can pass it on
1: okay that's that's all valid uh i'm i'm i'll say this right i'm there with everybody else on the enthusiasm you were you you wanted it um But I just I have to also say it just seemed like we were shoehorning names in uh, with no clear defining lines of where we are in the gold or the blue. If you're not really following, you don't really know. And also you just it it seemed like you were uh, just just trying to get through it too quick. You weren't, you know, trying to feel the flow and the and really like the passion behind it It just seemed like you were just trying to get through it and um
4: so so, so real quick i'm gonna fake like i'm crying but there's a serious comment here i was debating going slower but if it was really really bad i didn't want to torture everyone
1: well i think it would have helped if you slowed down a little bit to be honest ryan um all right so we got to make a vote uh so it's going to be a yes or no uh kate
3: it's a no for me, dog, sorry
1: uh okay, no from Kate Joe, unfortunately, there's a no at this time, okay, Joe's a no, and uh yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a no for me too uh Ryan, so um, you know, we'll try again, and uh it's been a pleasure.
3: Wow. I think next time we should all have our chairs turned around like it's the voice in that way we don't even have to go through this commentary. It'll just be like, if nobody turned their chairs, we don't want them on our team, you know? So,
1: so now that we know how this works, I 100% and we started this way too late. Had we known this from week one, we would have done this from week one, but I think what I'm, what we're going to do is we're going to have to set up a layout, Kate, where we're going to put the three of us on bottom and we'll put Ryan on top. Yeah. And it'll be like a true judging panel. Um, um, but um, well, because that was a little confusing, why don't we just cover off real quick on what a, what happened? I think it's probably for the best. So we
3: do, yeah.
1: So just uh, to catch everyone up, week four ended Saturday. In the Gold League, Rouge defeated Jay Lethal. Jay White defeated Mark Briscoe, and John Moxley defeated Swerve Strickland. That all happened last Wednesday. And then Saturday, uh, or I'm sorry, and then Wednesday, we also had Andrade defeat Brody King. We also had Claudio Castagnoli defeat Andrade in the Blue League. Eddie Kingston defeated Daniel Garcia, and Brian Danielson defeated Brody King. So in the Gold League, the points standing before the start of the night were John Moxley with 12, Swerve and uh, Jay White with 9, Roosh with 6, and Jay Lethal and Mark Briscoe with 0. In the Blue League, Andrade uh, and Brian Danielson both have nine points. Brody King and Eddie Kingston, Brody King, Eddie, and Claudio have six points. And Daniel Garcia has no points. Oh, well, it's I don't, know,
3: time. don't have
1: any sort of bells or jingling prepared, but Santa's here. Ho, 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 ho,
0: ho, ho. How are you all doing?
1: Well, we're doing pretty good now, Santa, because uh, that Wild Wild West uh, parody rap is over. It
4: was amazing, right? The
1: greatest thing I've ever heard. We passed. We passed on it. Well, that's because you guys are all on the naughty list. Oh, okay. Well, Santa, are you- I know
3: what that ant is.
1: (laughs) Oh, snap. You know it. Uh, Santa, are you joining us for the remainder? We'll see. This beard can be quite hot, hot,
4: hot, hot, hot.
1: Well, uh, all right. So, Santa, we'll get into dynamite, but just so everybody knows, this week's final set of uh, round robin matches in the Gold League, John Moxley versus Jay White, Swerve versus Rouge, Mark Briscoe versus Jay Lethal, that all happened tonight. We'll cover it. And then in the Blue League on Saturday, we're going to get Danielson versus Castagnoli, Andrade versus Kingston, and Brody King versus Danny Garcia. Uh, and there are a lot of ways that both leagues can go. So why don't we dig right into the holiday bash edition of Dynamite? Uh and all the Continental Class uh Classic matches tonight were part of the Tournament for Tots um uh sort of uh you know initiative where uh AEW and Jazzware is partnered to give like a million dollars away of toys to Toys for Tots this year. So Good causes all the way around, but we open up Dynamite. uh, Um,
3: I do have to jump because I have a very, very early interview in the morning, but I will also just say I was eating tater tots while the tournament for tots graphic came up and that was a (laughs) weird feeling, but have fun talking Dynamite. I appreciate you guys. If I didn't have to be up in a, a very short amount of time, I would stick around, but wanted to come on here before our go home to Christmas and obviously for the wrap of the century. So I appreciate you fellas and uh, I'm sure we'll talk offline, but I hope everybody has a, a wonderful holiday that's tuned in and I appreciate you all very, very much. You guys are the greatest gifts a gal could ask for. And also Ryan's fine. So I appreciate you guys. Oh, cool.
4: Have fun with your coldest Christmas.
1: Oh boy. Thanks, Kate. Enjoy your holiday. We'll see you next week.
3: Bye Jesse Ozog and bye to the crew here.
1: I'm in agreement here with one LT photo. Boo. Bye Kate. Uh, All right, gang. So uh, the first match of the night was Roosh with six points versus Swerve Strickland with nine points. And as we, get to, uh, as we get to the end of this match, we do have Shane Strickland win by pinfall with the swerve stomp to earn three more, more points. He now has 12 uh, and a berth in the Gold League block finals against John Moxley. Now, we know that at this point because he's got the high point total, um, and Moxley also has a high point total. So we know that he's at least got there, depending on what happens in Moxley's match later in the night. Um, so they did make mention and I thought commentary did a great job with this. They did tell us that if Moxley wins or draws against Jay white in the main event, then the finals will be singles between Mox and swerve. If Jay white wins, then he will make the gold league, uh, the gold league block final, a three-way match. Um, and then they hype up the blue league, uh, with a reel and they go to break. So, um, Santa, because I don't want to waste you uh, here on our feed. Uh, why don't you tell us, what did you think of this opening match?
4: Oh, 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 this was
1: quite a heart-hitting affair,
4: and Santa doesn't usually like violence. He he likes his people to love and share candy canes. That being said, I'd like to point out that we thought Roosh was going to be running this, and last week he had pulled a sh- up his shoulder like Ryan told you. But it was good. Not Roosh. Swerve. See, I'm all confused. The violence is killing Santa. But Boy. I liked the match overall. It was very good. We knew rush Roosh wouldn't win the tournament. Swerve had to go on. I thought it was excellent. I liked that they started off Dynamite with a match. I mean, Swerve was walking
1: out. Now, it's very hot, so I'm going to go check my list. Ryan will be back. Thanks, Santa. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, Joe, uh, what'd you think about the opener? Yeah, I think it met
0: my expectations of what I thought we we're, were going to get from the two of them. Um, I I kind of like seeing the um, the injuries and how they built up on these guys. Like, you know, Swerve had a banged up shoulder with the uh, with the tape, and uh, Roosh had like a banged up leg and everything else. So it kind of shows the wear and tear that people are having uh, week after week after these matches with know top competition and i think you know for the most part everyone kind of banged up maybe except jay white um he might be the healthiest of some of the last ones remaining uh, but yeah I've, and i also was watching a match I, I kind of forget how much uh submission moves like you know swerve uses because i mean I'm thinking about all his like impact move, but like he does a lot of submission holds and um that's just something that kind of stuck out with me as i watched the match
1: yeah, I mean, um, it is it is something you sort of forget about with all the offense that, you know, Swerve has. Um, he can, you know, he can wrestle a submission style too. Um, but yeah, these guys went really hard. Um, and I did like the story where Roosh's leg was bothering him, you know, in commentary, you know, Taz was specifically saying, you know, hey, Swerve should really zero in on that leg now because, um, you know, because... uh uh, you know, he's showing his weakness and that's the hard thing about this tournament. And they did a good job with that too. I thought on commentary was basically saying, Hey, you know, that's, that's what's tough about a round Robin tournament is you get hurt in week one. You don't have time to rest or to heal up. Like you just got to keep moving. Um, so it's been a great, you know, great storyline throughout the tournament. I think the result went the way it had to go. Um, and it sets up intrigue for the main event tonight. So, we'll keep moving forward so we can get to that main event and talk about it uh but we had uh Chris Jericho cut a promo backstage uh so we'll talk about it in news and notes but clearly uh i think most of the everybody knows that um uh Kenny Omega uh went to the hospital last Thursday uh and they found out he had diverticulitis and complications from that uh which were pretty bad uh and um you know he is pretty much out indefinitely now, uh, so Chris Jericho had to come on to sort of address it. Now he did um, talk about Kenny's hospitalization with diverticulitis and the news that he'll be out of action indefinitely. Uh, and he said that affects the Golden Jets' title opportunity. And while they decide what they're going to do in the meantime, the most important thing is Kenny's health, and that everybody wishes him well, and we're thinking about him, sending him positive thoughts. Now I'll say this, guys: it's you know. It um it's not something to to fool around about. Diverticulitis is pretty serious. And and from what I read, and we'll cover some more of it in news and notes, it sounded like Kenny really just thought it was anything but serious. Like he thought I think that oh, it was just something in his diet that was, you know, bothering his his stomach, or that he was working out too hard. And, you know, he had the uh, uh the match with Ethan Page and maybe thought he tweaked something. So like that's crazy that this could have been much worse. And again, we'll sort of touch on it in news and notes. But what I was a little sort of, I guess, disappointed about was the fact that I really wanted them to, to make a definitive statement on what is going to happen now at World's End. I just don't think now that they know what they're going to do at World's End, because you either have to find somebody to pair with Jericho but I don't think you want to do that because that sort of throws away this whole golden jets thing. And we're sort of dealing with this now with the ring of honor tag titles and MJF and Adam Cole. I was sort of hoping that they would announce that somebody else would be filling in the spot, but they haven't. So they've only got a little more than a week to sort of figure out what they're going to do. I don't want this, those titles to stay off the pay-per-view. So I guess Joe, I'll throw it to you here first. Were you looking for the same thing as I was like some sort of definitive Statement
0: Maybe not tonight I think Tonight the focus was on the Kenny message and you didn't want To kind of muddy up that you No know, sincere message with A storyline message um, I think I just see starts And big bill come out Saturday during collision And gloat and say that you no know, They'll have a match and you know Make some heel promo And then I think some challenges will come Out and that will set up a match for the following Saturday.
1: Any idea who you'd like to see slide into that into that match? That's
0: tough you know, I feel like a lot of tattoos like the top other tattoos you think of are kind of tied up with other things. Like you know, I feel like FTR is kind of tied up with things, but
1: I don't know. Well, I I hear what you're saying, and you're right. It does become tough, too, because even if you were going to say we're going to pivot and do the Bucks or something, the Bucks are not here. Right. And that's part of sort of story, too. I mean, I'm assuming they had planned on this time off over the holidays. um, But also the story is they're taking time away from wrestling. I think we're also anticipating a switch in character of some sort, whether they're going to go super heel or authority driven or whatever. So you're not going to have the the young bucks. I don't know if you'd want to do FTR and have them cuz I don't think you'd switch titles, right? Unless that was the plan with Jericho and and Kenny. Um I don't think you put in FTR and they lose. You know, so I think it also depends on sort of what your plans are for those titles. Was it to get them off Big Bill and uh and you know ricky i just i it's weird but yeah i just don't know who you could slide into this spot uh ryan welcome back um what do you think about the message were you looking for a definitive statement no i think this
4: they're still figuring out what is actually going on with kenny and they know what's going on but you don't know the timetable the the what the complete prognosis and i think you want to how you adjust your story will depend on how long you think he'll be out and they'll probably get that in the next cu- the couple coming weeks. Cause usually that's when that stuff happens. Um, it's crazy. It was diverticulitis. I mean, that's very serious. If it let, gets let go, I read a uh, Brock Lesnar's uh, book and he had gotten it and he was like in the middle of nowhere and he, he thought yep. it was going to kill him. So it, and I had a couple coworkers who had it. Like it's very serious. So kind of explains his, uh, is uh, the way he was last week. You know, how he was – everybody said he looked disinterested. He just wasn't there. Yeah, I wouldn't be interested either if if I was suffering from that. So the fact that he even showed up is impressive. Uh, Like you said, he thought it was a hernia and something he ate, like a weird combination, which to me goes to tell you, if you ever have to think of two separate things to explain the the symptoms you're having at once – maybe it's not those things. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, I didn't expect an answer. I, I expect one in the coming weeks when they figure out, is he going to be out months? Like how many months really is he going to be out? Is it only going to be one or right. is it going to be like eight? Like once you figure right. that out, you'll you'll be able to decide what you, what you want to do.
1: Well, it's definitely not, not going to be by the pay-per-view. So Ryan, in that in that case, would you uh, all right, let's it's sort of a two part question. Would you prefer it they stick with Jericho and a different tag partner? And if that's the route you'd like to go, who would that partner be? Or would you like to be, see it be a different tag team? And who would you put in that spot?
4: Um, I think I would just do a whole new tag team. I wouldn't even have Jericho.
1: So who would you slide I would,
4: in? I would slide in... Ray Phoenix is still hurt. You can't slide him in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to think of who's healthy and who's who's been built up and up. Um, that's a good question.
1: It's a weird spot too, because like you can even like I think we could even say like, oh, you know, it would rule probably like top flight. But what claim do they have to titles? You know what I mean? Like, yeah,
4: yeah. I mean, in this case, I think you could get away with just throwing anyone in because it's yeah. The, they the reason is so well established. It's not like, um, it's not like a. It's not story like it's not like they're trying to make up for a bad story. Like everyone knows what happened right. here. Like they're not just this isn't poor planning that took them to this place. That now they're throwing any any, uh, team in there. I'm just trying to think. There's a couple like there's teams out there. I'm just trying to think who they would be okay having the loss. You're not going to use
1: FTR. You're not going to use House of
4: Black. Um,
1: and again, that's, we're also assuming that Ricky and big bill are going to retain. Like, I don't even know what the plan was for the golden jets. Were they going to take the titles off Ricky and big bill? Were they going to lose, you know, like, how is that going to play out? So I think it also depends on that was what was the long-term decision, right? Are you going to take the belts off them to Kenny and, And Chris, because if that's the plan and you're still going to pull the trigger, then who are you going to put those titles on? It has to be somebody, you know, sort of who can fill in what Jericho and and Kenny were going to do. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. They again, they have they have a few shows between the pay-per-view and now. So they'll have uh, Saturday night uh, this week. They'll have collision. You know rampage is is going to be taped but i don't think you're going to do anything on rampage because that'll get out there and then you'll have dynamite next week but i think i mean you have to do something on television you can't just be like on social hey you know it's going to be this team i think you have to do it on television i have an idea. what's um, that
0: well, if they just do a placeholder match of you know, so throw so the belts around the card, but if they want it to be, you know, a team that they can pin and just, you know, buy some more time with the belts on Ricky and Big Bill, you can always just throw a pairing of Danhausen and, you know, Trent or Danhausen and Hook or Danhausen and whoever just to to fill the fill the card out. Could you do the guns? You could okay. actually. I thought one of them. One of them hurt, or are they not hurt? I can't remember.
4: No, think, it's
1: um, Juice. That's hurt. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say. I think it's Juice. Um, well, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, so we have a few more episodes of television for them to figure it out. But on this episode, our next match was Jay Lethal versus Mark Briscoe in a Continental uh, Classic Gold League match. And these were two guys who have no points, um, so they're fighting for sort of pride here. Um, it was interesting. Uh, commentary was talking a little bit about Mark Briscoe and him basically saying that you know he. I, I think they said the sort of quote was he's not taking the tournament seriously because this is his first year as a singles wrestler. Um, which when you think about it, is true because most of his career he's been a tag expert. Although, uh, in old ring of honor he did have you know a number of singles matches i watched one in my preparation for roh revelry that i'm taping tomorrow um but uh getting through this match mark briscoe does win by pinfall with the J driller so he gets three points he's got a total of three he will not be shut out post-match him and uh jay shake hands they do have a history they did mention their history um during the, uh, match in the, the pre match. Uh, so, um, so that sort of ends the tournament for those guys. Um, uh, and then we get a hype reel for MJF getting inducted to the national Jewish sports hall of fame. Before we go to break, we're going to mention that in news and notes as well quickly. Uh, but guys, what did you think about, um, would you, Ryan, what'd you think about this match for, for a match that really had no stakes but pride,
4: would you Yeah, think? I mean, because if you looked on their, their scores, it was like they had two holes in their side of the scoreboard. Um, I get what you're doing. It's not helping. It, it is. Um, I like that the match was great. I mean, again, this has been kind of a reawakening for people with Lethal. I think they were really down on him and they're seeing he can wrestle. The one person who didn't have a story in this entire tournament to me was... was um, Mark Briscoe. I couldn't figure out what they were doing with him, and they explained it tonight, which was he's never wrestled singles before. Of course, he's gonna struggle. Like this isn't his 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 thing. And I love that because now it makes sense that he would barely get three points. Like it, it, it's he has to rebuild himself, even if he wrestled singles when he first started or whatever. Ninety-seven percent of his career has been as a tag team, so he has to completely change his mindset and how he trains and how he functions. So I love that. So it took one line of commentary to completely change my entire feeling on how his tournament went. Uh, Jay Lethals was always good because they're kind of trying to get him away from I think Jeff Jarrett, so I liked – he needed to lose. He needed to come out having lost all of them um, so that he could – so he has to take a good hard look in the mirror and say, uh, hey, this is – um." what am i doing i'm losing i shouldn't be i shouldn't be shut out i'm I'm too good to be shut out and i have consistently lost since i teamed up with double J. I uh i need to move on so i you know the match itself was really good but i i was counting on kate being here so i don't have as many spots written down um but i i'm always the story guy anyway and i like now apparently one lt photo is saying that they talked about that in the scrum at roh i'm, I'm gonna be honest uh I did not stay up till three AM to watch the scrum for ROH. So,
1: well, what's also interesting, Ryan? Uh, you know, you were saying that the the line about uh, from commentary about him being a singles wrestler for the first time, you know, was able to help sort of switch your mindset on it. Um, the other interesting thing, you know, and then we'll get you know, Joe, your thoughts here. The other interesting too, thing too was they did make mention on commentary about Jay Lethal you know, sort of finding himself again as a as a singles wrestler, because they said at one point uh, something the effect of like early on in this tournament, it seemed like he was looking around for help. And now he's not. He's realizing he can sort of go out there and be on his own. So does play into that story of maybe him distancing himself from uh, Jeff Jarrett and that whole group. But Joe, what did you what did you think of the match and, and everything that went on around it? I agree with
0: that last part you were talking about where I it is really a a redemption arc for lethal as far as this has shown him that he can only count on himself and that you no know, you hit rock bomb and then you have to kind of you know it's on you to pull yourself up out of it. So um and I think even seeing him, you know, with the handshake at the end, um kind of gives you a little bit of insight into where that where he's going next with his character. But from a match standpoint, you know, two guys who know each other very well. Um, I, I think a chunk of the first part of the match just like some hard-hitting chops, like echoing chops. Um, I thought they laid them in really well for those. Uh, and marked one spot where Briscoe set up a chair and jumps off a chair uh, to hit, at on the outside, and then ended up, you know, grabbing the fan's hat as he rolled into the, the barricade. Um, that's awful trusting of that folding chair. Cause I know if I were to jump from that chair, it would have through my knee. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think other than that, I I I kind of understood the Briscoe story. Of you no, know, after a couple of weeks, I kind of figured out. Oh yeah, I forget he's a single competitor, so you no, know, of course he's gonna struggle. Like I'm glad they finally brought that up.
1: Well, it was a fantastic match uh for a couple guys fighting for pride. Good to see Mark get a win. And we'll see what the next chapter is for Jay Lethal and Mark Briscoe as they're, you know, out of this tournament now. But as they come back from commercial, we begin sort of our MJF grouping of segments. Um, uh, we get a hype reel from Wardlow and you know his mission against MJF and Retribution. But we also get Samoa Joe making his entrance um, to the ring and gets on the mic. And he says that he's here seeking answers once again. And even though Roddy isn't the brightest bulb in the box, he's got a great point. And he points out that we did get footage of the Devil's Men beating the hell out of everybody that they've attacked, except for MJF. And that's why he wants Max to come down and answer a few questions right now. So the champ makes his way to the ring and he asks Joe. If he's saying he's the devil and Joe says that he is and he reminds Samoa Joe of his promise to protect him from all kinds of attacks and even declaring him Joe's property. So it's pretty clear that uh, he cares about his property as much as he does his diet. Oh, snap. But since they're throwing accusations around, MJF has some of his own and he's confused. Why is he waiting for world's end when he can end Joe's world right now? there's some shoving, but the devil's men, uh, attack before, uh, MJF can give some Joe sort of his beating and they fight them off, but more goons come in and surround the ring. And that's when the lights go out and the devil appears on the, on the big screen and the writing, uh, comes up, uh, and, um, he said, it says, where do you go? Who can you trust? Will you accept the challenge for the Ring of Honor uh, World Tag Team Championship next week? Are you a hero, Max? And the lights come back up. And Max asks Joe. uh, Max says to Joe that he knows things aren't great between them. But he did make a promise to his friend and he needs his help one more time. And Joe accepts the challenge and says the best way to beat the devil is to put hands on his boys. And then we move on. So. Um, what's interesting here guys is we see more goons than we've seen before because the guys come down and storm the ring and there's like eight or nine of them. And then we get the four, I think sort of standard goon squad come out of the, out of the crowd and surround the ring. And then we get this challenge again and we never saw it happen the first time. So I'm sort of hoping we get to see this next week again. I don't know what shape MJF shoulders in, so I'm hoping we get it. I hope there's no, you know, shenanigans here, but we'll see. But for the most part, Joe, what did you think about, um, Asian Joe, that is, what did you think about Samoa Joe or Joey Samoe and MJF here?
0: Well, before I talk about that, I wanted to go back to the Warzone promo backstage. Um, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but I found it interesting that he used a lot of we in his promo. A lot of like you know, oh yeah we bet, we, we're talking about mjf it's about we wee wee, and um he's just kind of the outside guy who's been you know threatening max and i still think he's probably a part of the the squad somehow but um yeah i, I mean I, I think it's natural to have joe and mjf have that confrontation um around this who done it mystery where you start being paranoid and start pointing uh you know, pointing fingers at everyone. Um, I never I'm still trying to you're still try to figure out like, you know, what's a red herring and what's not. And uh, I'm curious to see how they do this next Wednesday, you know, a couple days before their title match. If it's going to be uh, you know, someone just beaten down ahead of time, shenanigans or someone takes out they take out Joe, and that's how MJ Up can help, you know, retain. But, um, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of intrigue. And I'm still wondering why they haven't, uh, the devil really hadn't, I think the devil talked once before in one of those video, video things. And ever yeah. since then they kind of moved away from having the devil talk.
1: Yeah. I know he laughed once and maybe said a couple words one other time. Um, uh, but that was really it. Um, Ryan, what do you think here? I mean, you can go back to Wordlow; It's up to you, but like, what do you think about all of this? Do we th- do, do you have an idea of who it might be? Do you still think it's Jack Perry?
4: I'm kind of starting to lean away from him. They haven't dropped. I don't think the real glass or whatever. I don't think those are hints for him. And the more I think about just how not great for the story that would be. So I'm starting to lean further and further away from him. I will say, and I don't think it's them, but I will say this is very reminiscent of the early days of the Dark Order, where they used to have like a ton of minions, but you only had like four actual members of the Dark Order, right? It, it was it, it, that's kind of interesting to me, like uh, just like an early day thing. Um, it seems I don't think it's a bad obvious. I think it'd be a good obvious, but it seems pretty obvious that Wardlow must be one of them because one of them's just so big. Um. Accusing Samoa Joe being the devil just doesn't make any sense because we've seen the devil. We've seen Samoa Joe. There's a a size difference there. Notable. Uh, Yeah, I mean, MJF wants to make fat jokes, which I'm fine with. I don't actually have problems with that. As a fat guy, I've I've given my blessing. Um, But there is a notable size difference So MJF. You're not fooling anyone. Uh, I think they're, they're... they're pushing very hard to make it seem like it's MJF so that it won't be MJF. To me, that's that's the closest thing I could say is that they're, they're pushing so hard one way that they're very obviously not going to go that, which I'm fine with. But that seems to be the thing. And I am laughing at this. Joe is a refrigerator.
1: It's very true. He is a large gentleman. He is. Yeah. It's... it's... You know, I I was going to say weird, but it's not weird. I mean, I don't mind them continuing to throw people's names into the mix to sort of throw you off any sort of scent. I think once we see who it is, it's going to become obvious like, duh, of course. Um, But I just don't know how they're going to go. You could make claims that it's Roddy. You could make claims that it's Adam Cole. You you know, there's a number of people. Uh, We know who one isn't. We'll talk about it in News and Notes briefly. But we've definitely checked one off the list, and now who knows? So we'll move on because we're going to see MJF again in a little bit. But right now there is a backstage interview with the best friends and the stunning Renee Paquette. And um, she asked him about increased momentum uh, into 2024, and Rocky Romero says he spent 329 days as the CMLL world Historic welterweight championship uh, champion, excuse me, and he's looking for a new international opportunity. So Orange Cassidy jumps in and gives him a title shot on Friday, and everybody leaves. Rocky's a little confused about what just happened, but we do know that uh, Friday night we'll get Rocky Romero versus Orange Cassidy in an international uh, title match, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, and we did find out uh, it, it was out there, but uh, they did say on TV that uh, Chucky e, uh, Chuck e. T is injured right now. So uh, he's the only member of the Best Friends sort of not around at the moment. Uh, not sure if you guys have anything you want to add about this, but just a title match to look forward to on Friday. So we move forward and we see Tony Storm join commentary for the next match, which is a Women's World Championship number 1 contenders match between Riho and Soraya. And the winner will get a title shot against Tony, Timeless Tony Storm, uh at World's End. Um, cutting to the end of this, Riho wins by pinfall with double knees, so she becomes a number one contender. Uh, and post-match, Tony Storm confronts Riho in the ring. Rio uh is able to unload on her with some forearms. Uh, she gets a tiger uh faint kick, and then um uh, Mariah may comes in to make the save and smash her in the back of the head with the title belt. Uh, Tony storm looks a little confused at that, but Luther carries her off and Mariah's left sort of standing in the ring. And then we move on to our next thing. Uh, we'll hold there for a moment, but gang, uh, none of this excites me. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. So I'm gonna let you guys talk about this however you want. Um, I'll throw to you first, Asian Joe, cause uh I don't know. I just don't have a preference.
0: I don't have a lot of notes on this other than the obvious of Tony just overshadowing everything about this match. It's the return of commentary. Um you know, just from the very start, you know, calling Tad a human duplex machine. I mean, great line.
1: Um stealing that by the way. <laughs>
0: Uh the match itself I it was a little clunky to start there. I felt like there was some mistiming between the two. Uh, it did pick up, which was nice. It picked up a little bit toward the end there. And uh, my only other note was you know, Riho for as small as she is, she does a really nice Northern Life suplex. So she has that going for her. That's cool.
1: Yeah, I think it's none of it none of it is believable to me. None of it. Absolutely zero. Tony storm should have no problem in this match a week from Saturday. Um, Ryan, what do you think?
4: I think the pro wrestling in general is fairly unbelievable. If you're really going to put a lot of logic on it. So that doesn't bother me. Um, I, I, I thought it was a fun match. I think Ho gets the crowd behind her. She is always cheered loudly. She is, consistently over for someone who comes and goes my biggest problem has always been she just after she loses to tony storm which she will lose after she loses she'll go away for uh, six months eight months a year and that just does no one any good now if she stays i'm all in uh tony storm's amazing tony storm is carrying the women's the main roster women. well her and julia hart are carrying the main roster women division on their back right now uh she's just so good and and like Joe said the human duplex machine was hilarious uh, her facial expressions, but and I think her match with Rio is gonna be a lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to it.
0: Are we gonna get a Mariah may Rio match on Wednesday?
1: I hope not.
4: I, I sure think not. that'd be a good first match for Mariah and May coming from Japan. yeah
1: I'm I just really don't, I don't think you. Okay, so here in my mind, I don't want to see Mariah May make her debut and lose. And I don't think Rio loses a match That's going into a championship match. Because I think they've sort of talked up Mariah May as this, you know, great women's wrestler who spent time in Japan and, and has traveled the world. I just don't think you do somebody a service to do that and come in and have them lose sort of the same thing with like when tay valkyrie came in they talked her up real big it was a surprise and then like she lost her first four matches you know like it doesn't help so well, let me
4: ask you this they've yeah. been really good about doing clean finishes lately which i love i'm a big fan of the clean finish however what if in this one instance they have tony storm at quote-unquote accidentally? cost mariah may the match
1: i still don't like it i'd rather see mariah may in a legitimate first match against somebody get a win that's me yeah, i'll give you
4: that the win is no I, I i listen you know i feel differently about rio but i will agree with you 100 percent. there the win um the win is i'm i was trying to think of a way to make it work because i'm with you i don't like the idea that her very first match is a loss.
1: And I, I just, I don't want it to be a, a schmozzy loss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, it, it, know if you feel. I, I different. don't
4: love that idea. I was just trying to make it work because I'm with you. Yeah. I don't think her first match should be a loss.
1: Joe, do you feel differently about that?
0: Well, the only reason, if they you have a match on Wednesday, that, that, non-clean finish is the only thing I can think of that you can do to protect Mariah May is to have Tony either caution the match or Tony you know get her DQ by hitting Riho. But not the greatest way of doing it because you want her to be booked strong coming out the date out the gate. But I don't know all but like her interjecting injecting herself in this um you no know, by hitting her with a belt. I think that what made me think that maybe they would do a match Wednesday.
1: Well, we'll see. Nothing's been announced for, for that on Wednesday, but you know, we'll see. We just do, we do know we're going to get Rio versus uh timeless Tony storm at world's end. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but after this, we do get told that Tony Schiavone has to read a statement from Christian cage on the stage. Um, and he said, uh, I have to read this word for word um, and cage basically, um, uh, says that, uh, after his career defining victory over Adam Copeland, he's taking Nick Wayne on a well-deserved vacation and he'll be back Saturday where he will address Adam and any lingering questions about what happened in Montreal. Uh, and he expects nothing less than a hero's welcome upon his return. And then they go to break. Um, I don't know if there's too much to say here, guys, but I just would love to say that I really love uh, the fact that uh, even in a written letter, uh, Christian Cage sort of bullied Shivani into reading it word for word um, and then still berated the crowd uh, through text and, and stuff like that. I just thought it was a lot of fun. Um, but I a I I
0: missed, I missed opportunity, though.
1: Yeah? How so?
0: I I really was hoping for like a, like badly Photoshop photo of them too, like at a beach resort or something with him and a neck on a beach. Uh,
1: maybe Saturday when he shows up, maybe you could say we went on a trip. Um, who knows? Um, but yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, and then we get another backstage segment that we should talk about here because we see MJF, Uh, And Samoa Joe's sort of talking backstage, uh, and then they sort of go their separate ways. Um, uh, And Joe goes into his locker room, and Max moves on, but he finds a mask, a black mask, on the floor outside of the Mogul Embassy's dressing room. He knocks on the door, and Prince Nana answers, so he gets him up against the wall and throttles him. And that's when uh, Swerve rolls up and Max says, they've got a lot of history. Most people don't know about making long car rides together. And now Swerve's all grown up and beating some of the biggest stars that this company has to offer. But the reason they've not crossed paths is because Swerve isn't on his level. And Strickland says, it's funny. He brings up those car rides because it, it was magical. And Max was the best chauffeur he ever had. He brings up the William Regal email failing at a tryout and turning into a whiny little bitch. And he's right, there are levels to this. And um MJF does tryouts, but Swerve signs contracts. And he better be uh MJF better be careful how he talks to uh talks to him uh how Swerve talks to him because the last guy that stepped up he rung his uh uh he rung hung him from the neck uh on pay-per-view in front of 13,000 people. I'm sorry, Swerve said it to MJF. I think I said that the other way. My apologies. Yeah. I got. It. <clears throat> and um Freeman says it's really funny that he keeps talking about Hangman Page. Uh and he needs to show the world champion some respect and put those hands down. Uh pull those hand me down flavor flavor grills out of his mouth when he's talking to the champ. Uh, and since Shane keeps begging for a world title match, why wouldn't he just keep trying to get inside his head and have his goons jump people left and right to clear a path for the world title? So he asked him if he's the devil. Part of him hopes that he is. And if this, if, if this is his house, Swerve's house, uh, MJF is looking, uh, is looking like the big bad wolf of pro wrestling and he's going to blow his house down. And then who's going to break those arms, so he'll always swerve when he drives. But Swerve tells him if he keeps waving that title around, he's going to have to take it from him. And so uh, the door opens. We see Brian Cage, the Gates of Agony, and Prince Nana standing there waiting. And that's when Samoa Joe rolls up to pull MJF out of harm's way. And Nana tells Strickland he forgot to talk to him about collision last week. And that's when they go do business. Uh, so gang, I thought this was actually a really great backstage segment bringing up the history between swerve and MJF, uh, MJF basically talking down to swerve, um, you know, calling him a, like a little buddy, Hey, big man, you know, like just, just fantastic stuff all the way around, throwing the accusations around, uh, you know, the whole gates of agony waiting in the doorway, Joe rolling up, you know, sort of late to the party. I know Joe went in a separate locker room, but, you know, um, where was Joe? What was he doing in the locker room? You know what I mean? So uh, a lot of sort of interesting things happening here. Ryan, what did you think about this backstage promo? I think
4: I think what's being said in the chat is exactly it. You have JPJ saying this was everything. Meet Norma saying backstage segment of the year. I, I fully agree with both those. Um, we've been saying for a while now, swerves. Next big step is for the championship. And this is the beginning of that setup. Um, you not only put him, you not only him winning matches, but you put him face to face with MJF and MJF and him having a very good back and forth and MJF having to respect him. There is the interesting wrinkle that, well, no, I was going to say the interesting wrinkle is that, you know, Brian cage could be the big guy in the devil's thing, but the rest of the Mogul embassy is too big to be the rest of those guys. Um, so that doesn't kind of work but this i think the whole purpose of this is to establish that key uh, that that um swerve is the 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 next big challenger for um the title after samoa joe whether it's mjf whether it's joe cuz hell things and all that but i think they're very much trying to put into our brains that this is going to be swerve's swerves that you know opportunity which it should be and just the tension that these two managed to to have i don't know how how actors like they're very good actors in this case where they you managed to feel real tension between these two as they're talking backstage and i just loved that and i liked that you didn't see the rest of the mobile embassy till the end they let it be swerve and mjf swerve didn't have his backup he stood face to face with mjf i was like that was that was perfect so i really enjoyed it
1: and what's interesting too here is as you said Ryan they're sort of establishing this connection to give Swerve sort of like a path to the title at some point. And um in the build up to Keith Lee's match against um uh Shane at uh at Final Battle, you know Keith Lee kept saying, you know, I have to get past him. And everybody thought it was Shane Taylor. But afterwards, you know, he said, "Jane wasn't him." You know, so I think we all know that it's going to be the payoff finally of Keith Lee and Swerve. Uh, so what's good about that, at the very least, Ryan, is we're making this connection now to Swerve and MJF for the title. But we still have Keith Lee in the in the way, so we have something for Swerve to do before the path opens up, because MJF's dance card is very full right now. He's got Samoa Joe. He's got Wardlow. He's got the devil. And then at some point, we'll have Swerve. That's what I think we're going to get to. But Swerve's got to get through Keith Lee and that whole story. So I like the way they're weaving this all together.
4: Like you said, that's perfect because you knew Swerve needed something to do. I don't think he's winning. I think he loses in the spoiler for the next whatever. He's going to lose in the triple threat. I think they gave him an out without taking a pin, which I think was genius. Um, But okay, so what is he going to do in the meantime? a ready-made feud that people have been dying to see paid off. It's perfect. And then all said and done, you have Swerve go for the title against either Joe or and I think what's so great is I don't care who he goes against. It'll be awesome if it's MJF and it'll be awesome if it's Samoa Joe. Like that's how good all those three of them are. You put him against any of them and he can that that story is going to be amazing.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, Joe, what do you think about the backstage segment and, and all this stuff we're obviously talking about with Swerve and Keith Lee. I mean, what are you, what's your thoughts on all this?
0: It was the moment of the night for me. Uh, the most memorable part of the show for me, at least, uh, like a lot of people have said, like, you know, backstage segment of the year for AEW, this is, you know, so great of how they can build out a storyline with just one little segment. Um, I think, you know, having him lose the Continental Classic and go into the fever Keith Lee, finally, it'll be nice. Um, I think we're, you know, a ways away from him challenging MJF because as you laid out, we have, you know, all these other people, um, you know, wanting a shot at MJF first, but then we also have the storyline of MJF, you know, maybe he's going to disappear for a while in 2024 since so that's his, you no, know, his bidding war, right? So, does he disappear for a little bit and act like he's not going to be around? Um, so that should cut into some of the first quarter of the year, at least. Um, but yeah, I think swerve is the way they built up swerve, um, and his time at AW just has almost been perfection this last, you know, this last half a year, year.
1: Yeah yeah and and i think the catalyst the kickstart was really the story with hangman right like that story really pushed him up and then if you don't get that performance out of him and hangman in the texas death match i mean that put him he was already over like swerve was already there but that threw him into the next stratosphere and you know it's funny because you look at what the feud with hangman did for him you know i mean it has and will continue to because they're still unfinished business there right hangman said i'm i haven't i'm not done with this so they've sort of tabled that for the moment and that's fine but clearly they tabled keith lee for some time and now they're coming back to it um you know it's just funny that somebody who's been involved in two sort of big storylines over periods of time has been hangman Hangman's sort of been, you know, part of these stories that you continue to weave together. It's just funny to see one person appearing multiple times uh in these good sort of spots. And and Val said it in our chat, you know, say what you will about AEW, no one holds a candle to their long-term storytelling. I'd have to agree. Their long-term term stories are very good and they generally have been. My only my only criticism is that there are points in time where I'm like, "Okay, it doesn't have to slow burn this long. Like we can tell a long-term story, but we should maybe kick the burner up a little bit more to get this moving a little bit quicker. Um, but either way, I, I, I can't disagree for the most part, their major long-term stories do pay off in the end. Um, you know, and again, see Hangman and Kenny Omega as probably their biggest long-term story to date. This one, though, with MJF and his reign of terror and the face turn and everything else is going to be pretty close to that, if not surpass it at some point in time. So interesting stuff. Uh, we're going to move on uh, to our next match. It was Commander versus Roderick Strong. Roddy wins by pinfall with an um, with, uh, uh, end of heartache uh, gut buster. And then post-match, Strong and the Kingdom are putting MJF is the Devil signs up around ringside. And that's when the ravishing Rene Paquette um, uh, comes into the ring. uh, And Strong calls Samoa Joe out and says it's obvious now that Max is the Devil. And tells him it's time to wake up and believe him. Um, And that Samoa Joe is his best friend by proxy. Uh, so, uh, just fantastic. Also, uh, again, in my, uh, in my homework for ROH revelry that I'm taping tomorrow, it'll come out, I think this weekend. Um, uh, Roddy strong, perhaps has some of the strongest entrance music in the history of wrestling. I mean, here, the end of heartache is perfect. Uh, oh, sorry, Val It was the next strong. My apologies. Um uh but um roddy strong the end of heartache right now uh i will always love the time he came out to misery signals a victim a target one of my favorite albums by that band and one of my favorite bands so roddy strong just knows how to pick really good entrance music but match was a lot of fun for me um and the post match also fun continuing to stoke the flames and sort of throw you know, different thoughts into everybody's brain. Continuing the story, I thought was perfect. Uh, Joe, what did you, what did you think here?
0: Well, first of all, Roger Strong always chooses very strong entrance music. It's uh, true. And again, every week he comes out to wrestle the man with you know recovering from his neck. So bravery, great. courage, a role model, um, a faker. Stop um, it. Anyhow, I'm not gonna pay attention to what Ryan said. Um, this was an interesting combination of style with you know, Roddy and Commander, with Roddy, even right like you know the knee he gave Commander after Commander flips out of the corner, um, you know wasting no time just smacking him in the face and then um, Roddy chopping the crap out of Commander. Um, no, no. He, I mean, Rye is the pinnacle of, you no, know, no flips, just fists and kicks and backbreakers. Um, I did like Commander's little like tiger faint kick of Rye's legs when he was in the corner, um, to get a little bit of offense in there. But you know, when you're that next strong, you don't lose. And and also going back to what you're talking about with the, the kingdom and their their signs of. MJ after the devil like don't you have to think the kingdom is involved with the devils then if they're going to play off that hard
1: yeah I mean I don't uh, I, I don't hate the thought of the kingdom being involved I certainly don't um, I also don't hate the thought of it being Roderick Strong as the devil mm. I mean it it all logically makes sense but there are just so many names that You know, every name that comes up, you kind of step back and you're like, yeah, that does make sense. Like it can be that person.
0: He does need a new neck brace. That one looks a little bit yellow and dingy now. I feel like he doesn't need a new one because he's faking.
1: It's not true, Ryan. They get it off of him for his match and then you you wouldn't be if you had
4: a bad neck like that where you need a neck brace, you wouldn't be able to wrestle. So he's faking. I don't know how you were all so blind to the obvious truth of his faking.
1: You know, my best friend, not even by proxy, just my best friend, Jesse Ozog said it right. Ryan no, hates. No no no, 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 no. You right. hate no, necks. No, no, no. I support neck health. So
4: I don't like when frauds are out there taking away true sympathy and true needy needs from people who are suffering from neck injuries. Ronnie, he got out of the wheelchair no problem. He gets out of the neck brace no problem, but suddenly needs it back. So- What a faker.
1: Got to stay neck strong, Ryan. Yeah, Yeah, his neck is strong. That's why he doesn't
4: need a neck brace.
1: Well, Ryan, what did you think about the match itself? Forget your It was a
4: really good match between two guys with perfectly healthy necks. Roddy Strong is one of the best wrestlers in the world, so I'm glad he's allowed to wrestle. Um, Like, they have stopped using him just for his comedic gifts which he clearly has they've they've acknowledged that they brought in a great wrestler with a healthy neck and back and so he can wrestle um and then i love the signs of mjf that's just so funny um and once again the man has a healthy neck
1: Ryan. ryan ryan I do have a question for you guys about the signs. Now, maybe it's me just, I don't know, looking into it. It could have been completely wrong. I don't know. Did the text on the signs look like the text of the questions that we saw on the screen, like, was it this, a similar style of handwriting, even though it's clearly a font, well, but was it supposed to look like a similar style of handwriting? Do some
0: handwriting analysis, some forensic science
1: here. If we have a forensic scientist who can be our handwriting expert, please contact us. So, but I do have a question for you, too.
4: Mm-hmm. If his neck is so bad that he needs a neck brace all the time, except when he wrestles,
0: isn't he neck weak? No, no, no. no. You can't mute him for a while. He's yeah. neck weak. Neck weak. No, next week is Christmas and no,
4: New no, Year's. Neck. N-E-C-K, weak. He's not strong. He's weak. His neck needs
1: support. No, he's just keeping it healthy.
4: But actually, I think that would work against it. Ryan. I think if you wore a brace all the time when you didn't need it, it would work against your neck being healthy.
1: The blatant disrespect you show for Roderick Strong, a man who chooses great entrance music and... It's just so brave and courageous with everything he's been able to do. Get out of the wheelchair under his own power. You know, it, it, and then the courage to wrestle. Even though his neck is strong enough to wrestle, it, it can go at any time. I mean, it just boggles my mind, Ryan. How you, distant you know why it could go at any time? Because it's weak. No. He keeps it strong. Using the he neck.
4: keeps it weak, so he needs the neck brace.
1: Oh, Ryan. Well, we do get a recap of Thunder Rosa making her um uh, her reappearance on collision. Uh commentary does hype up uh the show uh this weekend. Uh we do get a Aquaman 2 preview uh with a bunch of uh talent. And then we come back from commercial where we have John uh Jim Ross uh joining commentary. For the main event. So Jim Ross is back uh, on the call. He had been um he had been out uh, you know, with some illness, so he's he's back. Uh and we have switchblade. That's right. I'm just doing it myself. Switchblade, Jay White versus John Moxley in our uh final Continental Classic Gold League match. Jay White with nine points, John Moxley with twelve. And again, if Mox wins or ties, then it is Mox versus uh, Swerve next week uh, in the final match. If uh, Jay White wins, uh, then it would be a three-way match uh, next week for the Gold League. And so getting to the end, because we'll have a lot to talk about, Jay White wins by pinfall with the Blade Runner to earn three points, so he has 12, and that ensures that we will get a three-way Gold League block final next week. So commentary does hype up the remaining Blue League matches. That's when Swerve comes to the stage to do a little stare down. Moxley throughout the match um, had his sort of knee exploited. Uh, Jay White was working that over. Uh, And as uh, Jay White is sort of needling uh, Moxley to get up in the ring, uh, Mox does eventually get up and Jay White lands a chop block to send a message. So maybe Mox isn't going to be 100% for his match next week. But that's the end of the show. We do know we're going to get a three-way match in the Gold League block final next week on uh, what I assume will be the New Year's smash edition of Dynamite. So or like um, you're smashed. Oh boy. Uh Ryan. Uh what do you think of the match?
4: Well, we saw that you know Switchblade was in distress, so he had to beat Mox to get out of that mess. Um, but I I enjoyed going for the knee. It it, it adds intrigue to the, the next the the triple threat. It gives a reason for Mox to lose that keeps him looking strong, but Switchblade has been completely rebuilt since his loss to MJF. Um, beating Mox is a big deal in AEW. Like that's a very big deal. So and it was clean. No matter what you say, it was a clean win. Um, you know, so I thought it was huge. And then, like I said earlier, I think it gives away for I hate to say it, I think Switchblade takes the pin though in um in the the next match in the triple threat. Uh, for by Moxley, and I think Moxley moves on, and it gives a way for Swerve to get out of the tournament without having lost a second time, and it, it enables you know, or Switchblade could win and pin Mox. I don't care. I just think Swerve loses, so he could get out to go after the you know Keithley in the title. But the match was amazing. Switchblade. I, I'm gonna say something weird. I don't know what I say. Mm-hmm. Just Robinson was everything great in wrestling. He really was so much fun. The only thing that has come out of him not being around, though, is they've they've really solely focused on Jay White's wrestling. And they've given him some serious promos that usually you only see online, but some serious promos online and his wrestling. And I think it's reminded, maybe even reminded them a little bit, like, Jay White is exceptionally good at this. Let the man do what he does best. Now, hopefully what that means is when Juice comes back is you could still have Juice's silliness, but you let Jay be Jay in terms of wrestling.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. Um and it was another thing they continued to harp on sort of this week. Uh you know, Joe, they the commentary did continue to harp on the fact that Jay White has the experience here, right? He's been in these types of tournaments um and he knows how to, you know, um expend his energy correctly and keep something in the tank and sort of remain as healthy as possible. So, um so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the next week. But what did you think of the match with Moxley?
0: The match was great. I, um, to you know follow up what you said there, I think you know it goes to the point of like what I said earlier about Jay White being the healthiest, probably one of the healthiest uh, of the final people. And I think you saw that in the way he attacked the match tonight with Mox, where. Mox is just a, you know, bull in a china shop, like, reckless abandon, just wants to try to get over with, you know, choke you out, stomp you out, while Jay was doing much more methodical, like, you know, strike a little bit, go to the outside, run around for a little bit, strike a little bit, until he had an opening. Uh, So I think it really shows, you know, just the ring savvy and smarts that Jay White has where he might not be the strongest guy um, or the toughest guy, but he, he, he can still beat you. Um, and that's what makes him a big threat. I did like the fact that, you know, when Ryan was talking about Juice Robinson being the funny guy in the Bullet Club, but we got to still see Jay's personality even at the end where Swerve comes out and, you know, Jay's out there mocking him doing the, the na-na dance. And, um, no, no, I, I, I enjoyed that, seeing that kind of, no sarcastic humor from him.
1: Yeah, it was it, it's been good to see a more serious Jay, but he's still that cocky, arrogant professional wrestler, right? He's gonna needle you and he's gonna get he's gonna pull you into some of his his mind game traps, right? Um, and it's gonna be interesting to see what they do next week because everybody you can make a case for everybody in the gold block final to win this match. Um you know, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. So, I guess uh, early prediction, Ryan. You think Mox is moving on? I think you've sort of yeah, put that out there. Joe, I, I, yeah, go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just say I, I
4: think it's definitely all I can say for sure. It's definitely not. Well, watch me. I'm going to get proven wrong now. But all I would say is that I feel 100 percent confident about it is it's not Swerve because they don't want Swerve having that belt, and they built this to give him an out without a loss.
1: So okay, Joe, who do you think's going to win the gold block? Mox It's going to be Mox. Yep. Uh, I feel like I'm there too, but I wouldn't be surprised if somehow uh switchblade comes out of this on top. um just finds mm-hmm. a way to eke out a win.
0: There's more story with Mox based on whoever comes out on the other on the other side.
1: I mean there is but there is something fun about well not fun there is something really good to think about when you have the possibility of getting danielson jay white you know for a final i mean that's not a bad thought to me either could also be danielson moxley and that can also lead to some sort of story as like who is the true sort of "Quote unquote leader or top guy in the Blackpool Combat Club, right? Maybe that drives a wedge between the group. I'm not saying they're breaking them up, but you know, could add some interesting flair to that story. So, um,
0: this is, my this is, this is my pick as well. I agree with one LT photo.
1: One LT uh, is mox. saying mox versus Eddie in the final. Yeah, that makes I mean, sense. There is the possibility too, with the way that the blue league shakes out, that there is like a four way tie you know what i mean like there is a the capability for that to happen
4: i I just want to say this one thing um because Val's saying she doesn't know because of how much they see in swerve it's actually because of how much they see in swerve that i don't have him winning this i think they see swerve as the aew champion in the next however many months and that if he wins the tournament then you have him have two belts you're gonna have to get the continental off of him to get to the eight. So I think it makes it more complicated. You've given yourself an easy out. He can claim whatever, and he can move on to the AEW championship. Cause I think that's what they see in him more than anything.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting to see how they play off the goal block finals. We still have the blue, uh, the, the blue, uh, league matches to determine the blue block finals. um, so, uh, that'll happen on Saturday night at uh, collision, but, um, uh, let's move on before we wrap things up here. Let's move on to some news and notes over the last week, there were, uh, a number of stories that came out, uh, over the week. Uh, but some of the highlight ones were everybody's talking about Warner brothers discovery and the possibility of getting the, you know, Monday night raw uh signing with them and then you have AEW. You know, nobody's talking about they actually did book a new wrestling show for 2024. Were you guys aware of this? Joe's aware. Ryan, yeah. they did um they did land another 2024 wrestling show on uh Warner Brothers Discovery. They did announce that Big Little Brawlers is coming to the discovery network it is a six episode series that debuts on tuesday january 9th there is a trailer out there for you to see and it's set in pigeon forge tennessee it follows athletes in the micro wrestling federation one of the most successful little person wrestling leagues in the world uh pinky shortcake and psycho Parents and wrestling partners must navigate their relationship both in and out of the ring. The voice of micro wrestling Ivar the Micro dreams of going from hype man to wrestler despite significant physical risk. Popular veteran Lil Show wrestles to support his wife and children but fears his best moments in the ring are behind him. And the up-and-coming wrestler Hot Rod must prove his talent lives up to his ego. Despite internal dramas and frustrations, Micro Wrestling Federation CEO Jack uh, Jack Darrell Hillgrass encourages the group to work together as a family as they approach MicroFest, the biggest micro wrestling event of the year. So uh, there will be more wrestling on Warner Brothers Discovery. Looks like uh, Discovery Network is getting into it. And, guys, I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to some corporate synergy with the Micro Wrestling League.
4: Good for them. I mean, I heard just stuff like that always makes me nervous on how it's going to be presented.
1: I mean, what was the other show they have? Little People. They had Little People, Big World.
4: Yeah. Like, again, it's not that I, good for the wrestlers. You just always get nervous. Like, you know, what are you going to be putting out there?
1: No, I know. It seems like uh a weird one but looks like Warner Brothers Discovery is still doubling down on wrestling content. They think it's super important. So Micro Wrestling League or Micro Wrestling Federation. So we'll see. Um guys, I'm sure you saw everybody talking about Tony Khan and Disco Inferno. That's been news, no? Maybe not. Well, um in the post-show press conference following a uh, final battle, Tony Khan said that to be AEW is to be under constant attack. And at this point, I don't worry about it. But um, he does clearly st- still take criticism to heart because um, he went to social media asking how fans were feeling after collision on December 16th. And that's when former WCW star Disco Inferno saw it as an opportunity to give his two cents to reply on X saying like the show needs a reset. Tony Khan didn't really take kindly to that. He went straight to the heart and he said the belief, uh, that you're an irrelevant parasite unites the entire, uh, pro wrestling community. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, he does not think highly of, uh, disco and disco did thank Tony Khan. He said, if I am irrelevant, how do do I unite the wrestling community? Uh, and if the wrestling community is united by someone who's irrelevant, what does that say about the wrestling community? Love to hear the answers. So. Disco Inferno. It's 2023, Ryan, and we're talking about Disco Inferno. Does that excite you? You're a WCW guy. You had to love Disco Inferno.
4: Inferno. He's just an asshole.
1: Come on. You don't love Disco Inferno? Nope. He's an asshole. I I don't
4: have patience for people like that.
1: Oh, boy. Well, keep an eye out there. TK Unhinged on X is so funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, good news about bandito gentlemen. Um, he'd been out of action. We know, uh, since breaking his wrist in June, he suffered a setback after the first, uh, surgery, which required a corrective surgery. And on December 16th, he did give an update. He said that the second surgery was a su- was successful. Uh, in, uh, first place, I want to say thank you to God for always keeping, uh, for always keep with me. This is, I'm reading this exactly by the way. To AEW workers and fans who always support me and in a very special mention, Tony Khan, for all the attentions that he've had to me and my family. Thank you very, very much. Uh, So, um, looks like Bandito should be back on his way. Hopefully, there's no further setbacks because he's freaking awesome Uh, and um, I think he is sometimes uh, missed with the other luchadors. So, um, so good for, uh, Bandito. Uh, can't mention it before, but Tony Khan did introduce a new ring of honor TV championship. Uh, this may be a little bit of a spoiler, but it's all over and we don't normally talk ring of honor here. So, um, on Saturday night, December 16th in Texas, they did a taping uh, in the midst of the matches being filmed for honor club, Tony Khan did introduce a new championship. Um, the ring of honor a women's television title. Um, there's no details on how that championship, um, uh, or, or there's no details on how that will be sort of, um, you know, awarded, but, um, there are certainly a number of contenders for it. Billy Starks, you would think should get a shot because of her match with uh, athena uh but you know we sort of talked about it in in passing before women's championship for ring of honor you know uh tv championship is that is that a good idea to you guys
4: i would have preferred the tags like like uh like kate said but yes um they have actually a really strong women's division in ring of honor there's a lot of Good talent there i'm kind of my head wants to go to layla hirsch to have it um but honestly they have so many options so yeah i think they could use it because their, their women's division down in roh is strong it's it's been booked really well and it's really strong
1: and it just it hopefully will give more time to female wrestling on ring of honor right maybe you'll guarantee two matches on ring,
4: ring of honor every week. It, it's actually not as the problem it, it it's kind of funny it, not to, like they always say like uh tony at one point i think i don't know if it was tony or someone said it was like a network issue um and i think R- ring of honor and kind of in some ways has kind of proven it a little bit because he will book the hell out of women now the difference is like you going to your point is maybe to let him build stories for more of these women though you know i am just excited I, like I said ring of honor it's ring of honors weird in the places AEW struggles ring of Honor is excelling great. And then the places AEW nails at ring of honors not doing well. It's like a total flip.
1: Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it is, uh, exciting to have a new title. I just hope that they, um, have a good way of awarding this title and that it's not just a battle Royal or something stupid. Um, but, yeah I'm hoping to see uh see some good come out of this title uh we talked about uh Kenny Omega and his injury so uh we said it on on the 15th uh Kenny Omega shared he'd been hospitalized with diverticulitis and out and definitely so um um the reports that followed said that Omega had gone to the hospital after feeling ill for more than a week Uh, That's a stretch of time that included a match against Ethan Page for collision that was taped on December 5th and that promo segment on the 13th. But on the Sunday, December 17th episode of Wrestling Observer Radio, Meltzer had given some more background on Omega's situation. He said, I did not hear if he had surgery yet, uh, but he was rushed to the hospital Friday. He had been in a lot of pain and he thought what happened was, you probably all remember, is that He had a hernia that was really really bad which caused him long uh that long long period off he'd been hurting really really bad and he had presumed it was a hernia he had been bloating which he thought may have messed up he may have messed up on his diet and eaten something wrong but he just kept training working and did the match with ethan page he was hurting really bad on wednesday uh, when he did the promo with Jericho, by that point, it was so bad. He went to the hospital and found out he had diverticulitis. It was a bad situation. It was a really bad situation in the sense of he had not gone. Uh, if he had not gone in another day or so, it could have been horrendous. Uh, and again, I don't know too much about diverticulitis, but I'm pretty sure it's one of those things, almost like appendicitis, where if something ruptures, it then becomes sort of a ticking clock like you're you can poison yourself and die uh so um yeah this kenny omega stuff really sucks but glad that it got caught uh because it could be could have been much 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 worse so no need to rehash anything more there just covering off on the points we talked about before and gang i mentioned before we do know for sure that the devil is not one free agent who is now off the market. Uh, Sammy Callahan is now signed to MLW. Um, uh, he was a full-time member of MLW from 2017 to 2019. He departed on not the best of terms. Uh, he lost a loser loser leaves MLW match to Mance Warner. Uh, the plan was for a mass return later that summer, but Ties were cut after Callahan had, uh, racked up some, uh, bills and damages to a venue. Uh, and then, um, uh, Callahan made a surprise appearance at battle riot, uh, four last year. Um, so now, uh, we know that that is his new landing spot. Um, it will be at MLW. His first appearance back will be, uh, versus Satoshi Kojima for Kings of the Coliseum or Kings of Coliseum on January 6th in Philadelphia. Uh, it will be part of the TV taping. So, um, so we know for sure guys, it's not Sammy Callahan, which I think is a good thing. Cause we all were not really loving the idea that it could be Sammy Callahan. So Callahan to MLW and the world continues to turn with who is the devil? It remi- you know what it reminds me of? Who is Eric Cartman's father? It's so the nineteen eighty. Was it five Broncos? I think so. 1980. Ooh. I don't remember Eric the year. I know it was the Denver Broncos. I don't remember the year. Ryan and then ended up being one, his mom. Ryan, one of my favorite signs ever was on WCW television. And it simply said during that time period. Hogan is Cartman's father. One of my favorite signs ever. Uh, all right, gang, uh, last few things here. MJF is still insisting that he does not have a long-term deal with, uh, AEW. The whole story is the bidding war of 2024. Um, everybody seems to think that he's not signed. People in, in the, uh, WWE are saying, uh, you know, no, you know, there's no talks about him being a free agent or anything like that. Um, But uh, he was, um, Jimmy Train is guest on the latest Sports Illustrated Media podcast. uh, And he was asked about his deal. MJF said, I've been saying the same thing. I never lied. January 1st, 2024. When stuff like that gets leaked out, it makes me laugh because I remember something leaked out about Cody having secretly re-signed and then he showed up in WWE. Something got leaked out about, you know, CM Punk and Tony Khan. Or, you know, I think fans leak out things that they want to be true. I love AEW. I want to stay in AEW after this pay-per-view. December 30th, World End. It's time to assess the situation for a professional setting. Um. So um, Trina did want to clarify if Friedman was signed uh, had signed a new AEW deal and the champ said not yet. Uh but he does acknowledge his current home is probably best fit for him uh right now. He said I just don't know how the fuck you put a leash on me and I swear to god that's my honest opinion. I think my career trajectory is in any company is going to be exactly the same. Do I think in some aspects AEW fits me um AEW fits me like a glove more than it's anywhere else? Yeah, I do. Could an argument be made the other way around? Yeah, I'm sure. These these are all things I have to think about. What I do know, whatever company I pick, it will be because it feels right and it means the most to me. Uh, and he also said, I feel the company right now. There was a minute there I felt like we were kind of in this rebuild phase and I feel like right now we're really building some serious momentum. There are fans online that say, restore the feeling. And I dig that line and I'm pumped because I feel like we are, uh, and we have, and we're continuing to do so. And I'm proud to be at the helm of that guys. Nobody here. I'm not buying that whatsoever. No, no, no I don't whatsoever. Um, but if this is what they continue to push the kayfabe on, and him just continuing that as of january 1st he's not on television because there's a bidding war for him i am all for it to see where that goes because he's insufferable when talking about the bidding war of 2024 i'm a little upset we haven't continued to hear about it um in more injury news uh cj perry had a deadly infection that required surgery. Not sure if you guys saw this. Um uh she uh, started talking about you know what started it. Um she missed two appearances due to the infection. Um and she said she'd uh, uh she'd went uh underwent surgery earlier the week after she'd been in the hospital for more than 50 hours. Uh, so on December 19th, she said it started with a splinter. She got backstage at dynamite. Uh, she said, I've been in the hospital since Saturday fighting a fatal infection that came from getting a small splinter backstage at work this past Wednesday. Please keep me in your prayers and everyone really take care of any cuts you get as small as a splinter can turn into a deadly infection. Love all you guys. And thank you to everyone who's reached out. um, the infection some are saying is like, obviously it wasn't fatal. But based on the way that, um, you know, she's doing things now, it seems like she's um on some uh, strong meds. <laughs> she's on some strong meds and on her way back. But uh, yeah, uh, she missed a couple appearances, went to the hospital and, and uh, yeah, she's, she's on her way back. So good luck to CJ Perry. And guys in some news we got tonight uh on uh, dynamite mjf uh is adding another uh big moment to his resume uh he was inducted into the national jewish sports hall of fame in comac new york uh, he said i've been um i've been a top name in this industry since i was 21. i've accomplished more than i can remember at this point championships accolades awards but this might be the most important one outside of being your AEW World Champion. My great-great uncle Benny Friedman is in the NJSHF, and I'm very glad and humbled I get to be standing beside him and all the other other incredible Jewish athletes in history. Uh, he did speak to Newsday about it. There is a video clip out there, but he said everybody in this uh, in the Hall of Fame. Everyone on the wall had to fight discrimination and anti-Semitism because just being an athlete and a Jew is really not supposed to be in the same sentence. I love Long Island more than anything. I love being Jewish more than anything. And I love being a uh being able to be a role model for young Jewish kids. Uh so uh he did go on just to say on social, I can't put into words what today meant to me. With the rampant dis- uh discrimination and bigotry seen worldwide, I proudly say I'm not just a Jew. I'm a human. We should all treat each other as such. Except me. I deserve special treatment because I'm a Hall of Fame level human. So uh, it's a good one for MJF. Another great moment. Um, But guys, I just keep thinking that all of this stuff, like all of this feel-good story stuff is going to be fucking fantastic when he shit heel turns hard. At some point and just goes back to not giving a shit because the video package they showed tonight where he's like smiling with kids and tussling their hair and like, you know, signing things for people. Um, It's all going to be fantastic when none of that happens anymore. And he's just like, fuck this. Fuck you. I hate this. And he's sitting back at a table eating yogurt for people who are paying for pictures. And then he just flips off the camera. Just. I can't wait for that that heel turn to come back. It's coming. Yo, it is coming. Uh, but honestly, gang, that is that's all I got. A lot of stuff going on. Um, a lot of stuff going on in the world of AEW and in the world of um of the Mark Order podcast. I think we said it last week. We're planning a lot of stuff for 2024 as we're wrapping up 2023. Um, Joe and Ryan are going to be starting a, a, a show where they're going to be doing uh collision watch alongs. We don't have a formal title for it yet. We're workshop and stuff, but we've got some ideas to make that fun. Uh, watch along almost like the Manning cast, except you're not going to be able to see what we're watching. Um, we're not quite on that level yet. Um, you have a big forehead. I think I feel like I do have a big head oh wow i'm looking at both you guys now ryan's camera zoomed all the way in on it i'm trying to make mine bigger just shave your head no i'm getting my head shaved tomorrow um so we're gonna start that in 2024 gang uh gordon post is asking when is that gonna start we're starting up in 2024 uh so Um, so stay tuned. We will, you know, obviously put things on social and, and all that kind of jazz, but it's starting, you know, at the top of 2024. So we're getting right underway with new content. We've got a lot of other things that we're working on for additional content and sort of shows and things that are part of wrestling world. Things are outside of the wrestling world, you know, pulling some other people into the mix, you know, uh, and doing that kind of stuff. So stay tuned. We've got a lot of stuff planned and your support really means a lot to us. Um, but beyond that, we've also got our own stuff to plug. So Joe, what do you got to plug?
0: Sure. You can find me on social media at underscore Asian Joe and in my bios and my link, um, like a link to my cereal review blog. So check it out. If you want to read about some fun, sugar-filled novelty cereal.
1: You should certainly check it out. Uh, because who doesn't love cereal? I mean, seriously. And Joe, I'm sure I've asked this before, but you're a milk in cereal guy, right? You're not. I mean, I like eating cereal plain, but I am not the type of person who's like, I'm going to pour myself a bowl of cereal for breakfast and eat it dry.
0: Right. I mean, I snackability, eating the cereal dry is important to me. But yes, if I'm eating a bowl of cereal in the morning, I'm adding milk to it.
1: Yeah. I'm with and, you there.
0: And milk over in a second after I pour the cereal.
1: Oh, of course. What are you what are we? Savages? Who pours the milk and then puts the cereal on top of the milk? Probably Ryan.
4: No, 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 no.
1: Well, Ryan, yeah, what do you think about the
4: amount of cereal I get in a bowl? Well, that's true.
1: Uh, Ryan, what do you got to plug?
4: Follow follow me on all our socials at Mark Order Pod, and then follow my history blog at here for history. Uh, it's not a revisionist history unlike Joe's revisionist serial mm-hmm. blog, thanks one LT photo. Um, so yeah.
0: Here for history.com.
1: That seems like a revisionist statement. I'm just gonna say it.
0: I feel like the revisionist serial thing was a, a hybrid of my serial blog and Ryan's history blog. Do you guys I would want... point
4: out that revisionism is an actual like field of history? Just gonna point that out.
1: Do you guys think there's a room to collaborate, get some corporate blog synergy where uh you do a serial, a historic serial post? I mean, there's definitely
4: history to cereal that's kind of interesting. Uh what was it, Kellogg who thought that if cereal yep. had f- like sugar and flavor, it would lead to like masturbation and other s- sinful things. So he wanted it to be plain. Um I believe that's what he thought. Uh but you know joe's uh trying the more unique ones so i don't know if those will have as much crossover but there's always crossover
0: it would be ironic, the, the keller Flake guy was like
1: that and yet we now we have frosted flakes i mean you know just saying I think, I think there's room for you guys to collaborate here and uh i will take uh a 25 percent of the share for the idea um i gotta why do you think they call me at money i'm just these ideas aren't free Just saying. um well for me if you'd like to follow me on my personal channels at ant money on x at ant money 247 on instagram um follow us though follow the podcast at mark Order Pod on x instagram tiktok uh and facebook um Those are also things we're working on for 2024 to get more content, not just like weekly posts of like what we're, what the match cards are, but like putting up more content, some more reels and clips, and also getting some, uh, conversations going in different places. So, uh, make sure you're following us. And we're also going to keep you aware of the, some of the new things we have coming up in those channels. So make sure you give us a follow. Uh, more importantly, we can now say it, uh, since nobody will dispute it, follow us on, uh, on YouTube. We have a whole bunch of people who are watching along with us live tonight. I'm sure they're subscribed, uh, on YouTube. If you're not just hit that subscribe button, you're there. Um, and, um, we're trying to get to 500. That's our benchmark. We need to hit. We know we're still a ways away from that, but we definitely think it's important to subscribe because, uh, we're giving away. Uh, win a date with Kate at number 500. Uh, she can't dispute it, so that means it's going to happen. Uh, win a date with Kate uh, if you're number 500. So subscribe uh, and stay tuned for that. Well, not uh, you're
4: number 500. Win a date. We'll take a random drawing. Yes. We'll figure something out. We'll figure something out because yeah. that'll make people wait. So don't wait till you're here. But once we hit 500, we'll do a drawing. You'll yeah. then improve your, your, your subscribe and then you'll get a date with Kate.
1: Listen, we got to work out how we're going to do it, but we need to get to 500 people first, and then you get to win your date. Uh, all expenses paid. So, um, that's right. And the Mark order podcast, uh, can only assure that a date will happen. Whatever happens after the date is up to Kate. So, uh, we don't condone anything outside of the date. Um, so, Beyond that, uh, if you're listening in podcast form, we thank you for listening in podcast form. Please make sure you're subscribed to us on any of your podcast channels. That does help us in the algorithms to show up um, along with all the other wrestling content out there. Although we know we're the A-show when it comes to anything AEW, so we don't have to worry. Um, definitely check us out, though, if you're listening in podcast form on uh, on YouTube, all of the... Um, the the videos live on there, especially to go back and see tonight's rap performance from Ryan that we uh, that we judged American Idol style. Harshly.
4: Too harshly.
1: So, Ryan, next week, we're going to run it back, right? I don't know. Do we want to kill the gimmick? It's the last time you'll get to.
4: Oh, that's true. You're right. All right. I'll figure something out for next week. I don't know when it'll be yet, but I'll figure something out.
1: That's fine. You've tried one now try something else and we're going to set up a layout so that we can do this like a true judging panel so um you know we'll do that again next week but um you should definitely check out the video because ryan had on his outfit santa made an appearance it's a lot of fun so check us out in video format if you never had and if you would like to support us with some of your hard-earned dollars because we know how hard-earned dollars are these days head on over to our Pro Wrestling Tees store to pick up a t-shirt. You can find a link directly to that in our link trees, in our social bios, uh, or you can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash markorderpod or search the Mark Order Podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees and our store will pop right up for you. We've got four t-shirts for you to buy, two front prints, two front and back prints. I think it's too late to order it for the holidays, but you know what? If maybe you forgot about a gift for somebody, order one now. Order a Mark Order podcast shirt for them and then give it to them after Christmas. Hey, I forgot this gift at home. Like, here you go. Or, oh, you know what? Everybody gets gifts for Christmas that suck. Here's a great gift that you'll love after Christmas. It's a Mark Order podcast t-shirt. They probably don't even know what we are. Who cares? Let them do it. Let them have the shirt. It looks Uh,
5: cool.
1: It looks awesome uh so thank you to everybody who's already purchased a shirt we thank you for your support uh and thank you to everybody who in the future will purchase a shirt money you spend there does come back to us because we do have things we have to pay for to put this show on believe it or not uh we do have a few things we got to pay for so uh but that's it this week guys um ryan uh your bravery much like roderick strong uh your bravery in uh, wrapping the standings for the, um, the uh, continental classic um, is, is appreciated. We will see what you have next week. So don't forget that people, if you're listening, tune back in next week because Ryan is going to try this. It'll be the last time we get to try it until they start doing something else where we're going to have rankings. So um, come back next week. Uh, we will have one more show in 2023. And then, um, you know, we'll see what happens leading into world's, uh, world's end, the continental classic finals and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Kate said it before, uh, to you guys, but I also want to say, I hope you guys enjoy your holiday. Uh, it's a lot of fun to be able to do this with you guys every week. Uh, and I hope you enjoy, uh, the long weekend, uh, and any time off that you guys get to take and we will. You know, I look forward to chatting with you about how the holiday was next week. So thank you, gentlemen. Happy holidays. And everybody out happy there too. Um uh, you said some of the names before too, Ryan. I didn't mean to cut you off. The Jesse Ozogs. <laughs> Thanks, friend. You're very appreciated too. I hope you have a happy holiday. One LT photo who was hanging out all night. Uh Gordon Post. Uh Val. Uh, I said one LT photo. Uh, pro wrestling podcast checked in. Slonamite was in here. Maybe I know, uh, SJ was, uh, Kyle K sparks early on. So thank you everybody for checking us out. We appreciate it. We hope you all have a wonderful holiday. Uh, Jesse Ozog says, uh, for real fuck COVID can't agree more with that. So we look forward to chatting with you next week. Enjoy the holiday guys. And we will be back to discuss. Everything All Elite Wrestling here next week on the Mark Order Podcast, the final episode of 2023.
0: This concludes the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.